Blog Talk Radio. And thank you for once again for coming to Bard's Logic Political Talk, part of the growing conservative and grassroots conversation, and also part of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. And folks, what I have to admit, I cannot really think was going to happen. I thought the powers that be were going to steal. This election from Donald Trump, and more importantly, we the people. But here, as I sit at 10.03 p.m. Eastern Time, we have Donald Trump, the president-elect, the 45th president-elect. Wow. That is definitely cause for celebration. Uh, Let me tell you, folks, uh, we fought hard here at Bard's Logic and the people in the groups uh, that we've been uh, affiliated with, uh, with what you watch the vote USA, you know, especially uh, with uh, Jim Condit Jr. and our very own panelist, Kelly Mordecai, uh, there in California, you know, working hard to get out the information about the electronic voter fraud out there, uh, the different electronic voting machines. I think the information got out to Trump and his campaign. And even more so, I think, to the powers that be out there who would otherwise uh, would go to rig this election uh, so that Hillary Clinton could win. But I think they knew the people knew. They knew we knew uh, what they were up to. And they think they they knew they had to step back 
uh, in order to uh, allow, as the people have willed, and that is for Donald Trump uh, to be the next president of the United States. I'm, I'm, I'm still uh, giddy about it. Yeah, I, you know, have a, a smile has not really uh, left my face most of the day. Uh, so it's just it, it's an incredible, uh, you know, incredible situation. And then there are some people, you know, I can't say for myself, but there's some people who keep saying, yes, it's going to happen, yes, it's going to happen, but all the different things uh, that I've seen, uh, just we're going to get uh, get Chen, Susan. Uh, wow, it's just all the things I've seen. I, I, I really thought that they weren't going to uh, allow this to happen. But this is, a, in my opinion, a great day for America, uh, the American people. It's a great day for uh, we the people. And for all those out there, the Never Trumpers, Megyn Kelly, uh, the media, you know, uh, Glenn Beck, you know, some of the members, uh, including what I would even say, uh, you know, Paul Ryan, the members of the GOP establishment, uh, notwithstanding. And so we definitely want to uh, say they were wrong. Uh, they were also wrong about the down ballots. I mean, uh, Trump's going to have the House and the Senate. Uh, and we do see, as I said, uh, one of the gentlemen who wants to get on the line, and one uh, I have that I want us to give special thanks to, and that is with our uh, panelist, Kelly, uh, for, you know, working with Jim Connor Jr., who also uh, will be calling in later on tonight. Uh, we want to give special thanks to them for their work uh, that they did with Watch the Vote USA and other projects, as I said, getting out the information that no one was talking about. Let's be honest. I mean, they're talking about rigging the election, but no one, you know, no one was talking about electronic voter fraud and others, as these two gentlemen have been doing. Uh, and then finally, you got folks, you know, you know, like Fox News and others started really talking about those electronic voter machines. And I do see that Kelly just uh, went to chime in. We're going to get uh, Kelly in and then you, Susan, as well. Uh, so let's go ahead and welcome Kelly. Kelly, again, uh, from me to you, my friend, uh, special thanks to you. I think it was, if it wasn't for uh, yourself and uh, Jim Connor Jr.'s efforts, I, I really do think that we very well may have had a different result uh, than what, we, what, what happened early this morning. Uh, I really do uh, believe that. And so, of course, I want to say, uh, man, thank you very much for all the hard work and effort. And I know you even got some threats, death threats for what you uh, you were doing. And so, you know, I think we uh, definitely owed a, a, some gratitude to you. Go ahead, Kelly. Well, thank you. I want to get to some of those topics. I do want to mention uh, I have insider information on that uh, phone call when Hillary conceded the race to Donald. You know, there are two parts to it. Of course, the public heard that uh, Hillary called Trump and said, I concede. But the other half, what people didn't hear, was that she also said to him, um, I want a presidential pardon. If you don't give me a presidential pardon, you will no longer be invited for Christmas dinner. Well, Sam was so damn serious there, but you always to start off the joke, get some people really like, oh, my gosh. But who knows? Maybe that was, uh, maybe that was part of it. But I tell you what. I think, you know, if, if, if he says as he's going to, we very well could see uh, a special prosecutor, and I really think he should. You know, I think that's going to make a lot of people angry, but I think he should because, I mean, there's a lot of people I think who voted for him just so that he would uh, he would be in the position to be able to do it. What do you think? 
Well, special prosecution would be good, not just Hillary, but a number of people. Um, I, I want to talk about the uh, election integrity efforts, okay? It wasn't just watch the vote. It was a number of groups. Um, John Brakey got on Alex Jones or InfoWars on Monday, and he has a technique where you can actually get the raw ballot images because um, they scan it, turn it yeah, into Yeah, I heard about that. I want to hear more about that, certainly. Yeah, so that's one. Group. I was talking to a guy last night who told me about that. Go ahead. Yeah, so that's and I'm going to do that in my county just to do, go through the process. Um, so that's one uh, election integrity, folks. Uh, we also call them ETs or election transparency. So the ET crowd is something that may have caused this to be um, an honest election. The uh, uh, another group, of course, is Bev Harris with Black Box Voting. She came out with Fraction Magic. If you haven't seen that, that's rather scary. Um, Ray Lutz with um, uh, Citizen Oversight, um, Jim Marsh, uh, I can name a whole bunch of people that have really moved this forward since 2012. Um, people in fall were like, what? Oh, you're out of your mind, you know, get the tinfoil hat on, which of course keeps my loose, uh, loose screws from falling out. But, you know, from 12 to now, we've seen uh, election integrity folk come out of the woodwork, um, getting more techniques, more tools. The Bernie Sanders folks were uh, primarily who we've been working with since the primary because they got cheated, you know, and I would boldly say that if California would have been an honest election, you know, it's a belief, I can't prove it, but I have enough evidence to have a belief, I believe Bernie Sanders would have been a Democratic nominee and very possibly he could have beaten uh, Donald Trump. So, He's actually an independent. He went back to independent, by the way. New Hampshire's independent party is something different. So the Democrats lost one in the Senate to an independent. But, um, yeah, there's so many groups, so many efforts. Uh, uh, Stop the Steal, that was Roger Stone's uh, thing, uh, ex-polls, ex-polls, ex-polls. And so, you know, the public awareness now in 16 is so much more, so much more than it was in 12. And if we look at some numbers here, I don't think we have the real results because it probably was election fraud. There was some hints in uh, Florida, and they caught it early. Texas, you touch the screen, it goes to Hillary. Um, you touch the screen again to try to fix it, it goes to Hillary. When you're trying to vote Trump, well, it's possible that Hillary got two two votes out of that. We don't know because, you know, we can't see the, the, the software. So um, there's um, – I'm, I'm just naming a number of groups. Sorry for those I didn't uh, – mentioned on the show, and, and it was a serious, serious threat. I mean, I, I that uh, declaration drive, that survey you can take, just go to watchthevoteusa.com. I sent that survey to Alex Padilla. He's the Secretary of State of California. I sent that to him on Monday through a contract, a contact I had made, and hopefully, uh, you know, if he's honest, you know, they'll try to work with us, watch the vote. we got a problem with the voter registration system. They can remove you electronically while they're counting your vote, which means your vote did not count, and then they magically uh, bring you back on the electronic database. We've actually seen declarations of that. So, And people would never know to look for it, but just fortunately we had some declarations from the primary. So, you know, I, I sent a, a warning shot across about, hey, we're watching, and we got this system, and be very careful. Um, I was a little concerned, you know, oh, my gosh, what did I just do? But Alex Padilla might be honest, except he really likes Hillary. Who knows if he could have had a cabinet position out of this. But, if, you know, I, I I was kind of taken back myself. Just what did I just do after I sent the email out? I sent a warning shot across the bow. Okay. 
Well, I have had four uh, friendly um, advisements, um, friends who said, uh, basically, you're going to get killed if you keep doing this. And one of them was a paralegal that just really slowed me down for about 10 days, thinking about, you know, counting the costs and moving forward, especially when, you know, I, ha- I have a son and other other things. But, you know, it, it I, I, you know Trump prevailed. Hopefully he will prove out what he has said. Uh, I don't think we're going to go to World War III which is a nice little feature for, you know, a president. And, of course, um, don't ask me who I vote for because, well, we had that conversation another day. And, of course, I didn't vote for Hillary. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> so, I don't know, I'm excited. Uh, we can see some change if he, if, he, if he does what he says. He's not a libertarian like I would prefer, but that's another story. He wants to repeal and replace health care. Again, national health care system, Trump, come on, guy. So, Anyway, we'll see. We'll see. And uh, I guess right now I'm I'm committing the eighth deadly sin by hogging the microphone. So let's I just let somebody else talk. We definitely uh, you know deserve it, Kelly. Uh, yeah, certainly. And uh, if you'd like to chime in, just push the one on your number dial. We'll give us a call at three four seven nine four five seven four two eight, and uh, we'll get you into the show. And we've got Susan here on the line. Let's go ahead and uh, open up. Uh, the line for Susan. Thank you very much, Susan, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Hi, I'm fine. We had a pretty good discussion, even though you were in a hurry. Appreciate you listening. Yeah, I apologize. Um, I get some some last minute uh, last minute show prep going. Well, anyway, I uh, yeah, I had a client that celebrated with champagne. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was, uh, oh yeah, I did too last he, night. <laughs> yeah, he, I had a glass I, he hinted at it. Let's put it that way. I can't swear that he did, but he was. All I, I know the one thing for sure: he partied into the wee hours of the morning. <laughs> he was at home. I don't know how much of a party it was, but you know he must have stayed up and watched TV and just had a few to drink and all that. And he was a very happy man. I wasn't so happy with Mike Simpson getting elected, but, you know, in Idaho, if it doesn't have an R as a rule, once in a while a Democrat will get in, once in a while someone else will, but, you know, it's an R or nothing. I don't care how bad they are. Raw Labrador won. I was happy about that. So sometimes you win one and sometimes you lose one. And I am going to call Mr. Simpson in the next few days. What? Those are some local candidates that I voted for you. I voted to toss all the judges out, every single one. I I don't know, they're good, bad, or different. No matter. I said, tell them why we need a change. And uh, there was a few people I put constitution parties, you know, local whatevers and commissioners and all that. I don't know them. So I just said, I'll just vote uh, constitution parties. And that's what I did. So... Uh, you know, took my picture of my ballot and went from there. And I don't know what all the little uh, what bills passed here in Idaho, but uh, didn't pay attention to that too much. I mean, it was mostly focused on Trump and Hillary. You know, and I know there's protests going on in Boston and Massachusetts and over this mess. And I really do believe. I'm I'm sorry to say, folks, um, and this is just a statement. I really believe Bernie would have beaten Trump. I think he would have. Washington State carried him. 
I mean, the crowd said everybody loved him. I'm not saying I agree with a lot of stuff Bernie said, but he was popular. He was well-liked. He was careful what he said and did. And I believe she threatened him to get his supporters to vote for her. It didn't do any good because my friend Carol was a Bernie supporter, and she marched straight to the poll booth and voted for Trump. And she said a lot of people she knew did. So, you know, I told her, you ought to go out and face that mob and tell them, hey, you guys are the ones that let Bernie go, and, you know, let Hillary in. Wait, wait, here's the thing. I mean, I don't know that perhaps uh, Bernie Sanders could have won. Uh, part of me doubts it um, because, you know, I mean, he is a self-proclaimed socialist, and I don't think uh, that the American people are ready for it. Uh, I don't think – because I think the independents wouldn't have. So I think the independents uh, seeing socialism in – the uh, the Democratic Party and Hillary Clinton, and so I don't think they would have. I mean, now it, it, it depends. I mean, but let's say he did win. Let, let me play devil's advocate there. My concern with it, with uh, Bernie Sanders getting uh, elected president is one, Obamacare would stay. Two, he wouldn't get anything done at least for the four, first four years. Because let's also remember the Republicans uh, maintain the House and the Senate. So you'd have a, a Democrat who's a self-proclaimed socialist in the White House, and then the House and Senate by the Republicans, nothing would get done. And I think one of the reasons why the people, you know, and we've seen the the numbers, you know, the, the, the victory numbers for Donald Trump is the reason they voted him in. And, and I'm still, I got a thrill coming up my leg when I say that. I'm just kidding, guys. But uh, until Chris, on a side note, Chris Matthews last night. I when I when I seen him on because uh, I, I turned CNN and MSNBC on uh, last night after the victory, so let's see how the reaction. I, I thought that poor guy, was, not poor guy, but I thought that guy was going to have a heart attack. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, anyway, but but if, you know what, the, the big reason I think a lot of folks voted in uh, Donald Trump, uh, and I and I did some exit polling, you know, myself last night. Uh, we can discuss that later. But anyway, is that they want to see something get done. I think they want to see the repeal of Obamacare. Okay. I, I, I think that they want to see a lot of these executive orders that uh, Obama's Obama's legacy, I think is going to be gone. Uh, and I, but I think, um, but if but Bernie Sanders would have been in there, he would have done that. He wouldn't have repealed Obamacare. He wouldn't have uh, gotten rid of a lot of the executive orders that, uh, that Obama did. I, I don't see that happening. Uh, and then as, as to getting anything done, I don't think that the House of Representatives at the Senate would have worked with them. Well, I with Bernie Sanders, he was against the TPP. She just changed more recently, and, you know, that was just to get a few votes. He's been against it all the time, against NAFTA. He's been against CAFTA. He's been against the Dark Act. He's, uh, he took time from his campaigning to go help Rand Paul try to pass the in the Federal Reserve. Ted Cruz wouldn't do that. So um, whatever you have to say about Bernie, if he believes in something, he's going to take time from his campaign or do whatever, and he's going to he's going to fight for it. Let's talk about Ted Cruz just for a moment. Not Ted Cruz per se, but more so for the people who were the Ted Cruz supporters and the uh, the Never Trumpers. Now, I'm not saying I'm a prognosticator, uh, but I would say that, you know, even in the beginning of the primaries, 2012, I said there's no way that, um, you know, that Mitt Romney 
could beat Obama. Said it way back then. He didn't beat Obama. I knew that was not going to ever happen for multiple reasons. I said this year, you know, in the, in the beginning, if folks recall, people like, oh, my gosh, you're all about Trump. And I'm like, no, I'm all about beating Hillary. And, and Trump is one of the only – is the only candidate that I think can take states like, oh, what state put him over the uh, edge last night? Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania gave those last 20 electoral votes last night that he needed to put him over the top to win. None of the other candidates, I don't think any of the candidates other than Donald Trump could have won Pennsylvania last night. And there's still the word is out on Michigan. But there are definitely states, especially Pennsylvania, that Donald Trump took that there's no way any of the other Republican candidates. Now, now, Ted Cruz or even Ron Paul, I'm sorry, Rand Paul, that could have taken Ohio, I think so. Could have taken uh, Florida, yeah, I think so. Some of the other states, especially Pennsylvania, no. I think Pennsylvania, the win Pennsylvania last night was key. It really was because uh, you know that that blue blockade that they were talking about. I mean, he busted that open. Start, you know, starting with Pennsylvania, and that's a th- that's the you know, and that and I said that months ago when people were like, oh my gosh, how can you be for for Donald Trump? You know, I'm like, look, I'm against Hillary Clinton. I want someone who can beat Hillary Clinton. And none of these other guys and gals can do it. They just can't do it because they can't get those – they can't turn those blue states red. They, they, they can't. You know, now Ohio and Florida both have a tradition, as you know, they both have a history of being red states up until Obama. Okay? You know, but from Obama they turned blue. And now that they were, you know, they're, they're, they're red again, both Ohio and Florida. And Pennsylvania – Red, so he he did it, and he did it the way that in in the fashion that I said he could do it that no one else could. But that's all I'm going to say about uh, Ted uh, Ted Cruz. Let's go ahead uh, bring it back to you, Susan. We got John along. Yeah, just real quick, one question: What did you think of Kasich writing in John McCain? Well, he's a has been. That's all I'm going to say about Kasich. <laughs> he's a, I mean, it's. Yeah, he, he's a has-been. His political career is over. Good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, that, that, him not supporting Trump, him doing that, and him expanding Medicare here in Ohio pretty much did him in. I, I don't see him. I don't. I don't see his political career going going very much farther. I don't. I like think it. he's going to have to go back into business or something. Well, hey, Robert Kelly here. Uh, can I throw out yeah. some comments? Um, of course. I think it was brilliant. Uh, yeah, I'm talking here with a good friend, and uh, we were talking about Trump. He's obviously happy about Trump, didn't like Hillary. Um, but, you know, the, the we were discussing Pence. And the pick for Pence, Indiana, governor, next door, good record, improving the economy in, in Indiana. I think that really helped with Ohio. Um, let's see, what else? Florida? Yeah, I could, you know, I could kind of see that. Pennsylvania, that was still a shock to me. And I think I agree with you, the other Republican, uh, Republicans, uh, yeah, those guys, uh, the, the other Republicans, I don't think they could have pulled it off. Now, there's um, <clears throat> some interesting other things. Of course, you got the young voters coming out tired of what's going on. Um, by the way, there was a, a Bernie Sanders write-in uh, in California. They had their 57. There was uh, one here, uh, too, on my yeah. exit poll. Right. So it was basically, you know, I talked to a, a lady friend last night, she was going, uh, she wrote in Bernie as a uh, um, a protest vote. You know, I, I 
okay, I voted for Gary Johnson. I wanted the 5% so they get federal funding, break the duopoly. All right, anyway, but back to the um, people going uh, right in for Bernie. Well, we saw that in 12. Why did we see that in 12? Same thing that happened this year. In 12, we saw the Ron Paulers and even the Gingrich folks getting disenfranchised by the establishment who had picked their golden child, their golden child, um, the chosen one, the coronation, whatever you want to call it, that attempt, and uh, of course it was the Romulan, um, and and so the Ron Paulers, uh, Gingrich, a lot of people said, forget it, I am not voting for, um, I am not voting for Mitt Romney, and then Obama won. Well, when you disenfranchise a huge uh, base, or even you know even five percent. When you disenfranchise the 5%, they're going to go somewhere else. Well, guess what? They tried it again with Hillary, and she reaped the whirlwind. It's like the same playbook, same consequences. It's a rather interesting element to this, this whole scenario. We've got Cindy on chat here, and hopefully, Cindy, you'll be able to give us a call because uh, we'd like to hear from you, of course. Uh, and she said, for me to tell you, Kelly, that there was plenty of fraudulent ballots cast in or cast, and I, I thought I saw her say Florida, but she just meant cast um, in general. Uh, and Trump still kicked butt, and, and I think yeah, you mentioned that as some as well, Kelly. But yeah, I, I think Cindy and I were talking today. We we're talking about that that there was just so much, so many that voted for Trump. It may have been a moot point, but it still happened. But it says uh, the well, representative uh, majority I, didn't stop anything Obama wanted to do. True, and. And, and this is this is telling folks. And this is uh, now. Here's the thing. Let me preface this with something from Van Jones and what Van Jones had to say. Okay, that's what just a little couple seconds of uh, a reaction uh, from Van Jones. You guys all know who he is. Uh, but let's go. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see. Yeah, let's go ahead and hear uh, from from that. So let me pull up that audio. Well, where is it? I just had it. Interesting. I had it in my audio clips. There was only a few seconds. Oh, let's see. Well, I find that odd that it's not in my audio clips. Well, while I'm looking at that, let's go ahead and before I bring that comment, let me go ahead and bring in John uh, while I'm looking at that. Thank you very much, John, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Oh, I'm doing fine. Thank you. Oh, I think I kind of disagree with you, though. I hope it doesn't hurt your feelings. Cause uh, I don't have any of those. You don't got to worry about it. Oh, I still love <laughs> you, brother, but we're just we're just different in the sense that I see things from a different perspective. And that for me, you know, Donald Trump, you know, from the get-go, I've never, I haven't liked this guy. But unfortunately, if you have the choice between evil and more evil, and that's the only two choices you have. You're going to go with evil because you don't want more evil. And Hillary Clinton is the worst candidate that's ever run ever in the history of America. He should have been, you know, slam dunked her the first month in, on the campaign. But because he was such a flawed candidate, he had a hard time even getting to this point where he could finally beat her in the last two weeks. I wish that what I've seen of Trump the last two weeks was the Trump I seen back a year and a half ago. He would have done a whole lot better a whole lot sooner, in my opinion. But I do not think the House and the Senate are Trumps. 
I think they are the establishment Republicans and the establishment Democrats. The, he might, we might have more Republicans in the House and the Senate now, or not more, but they're still maintaining their majority. That doesn't mean they're on Trump's side. I think this is all just um, playing nice, trying to make everybody feel good. So when, like I said last week, they're going to use every excuse they can to make Trump look bad so in four years they can get the person they want in up on top again. And right now they're going to use him as a patsy for everything that goes wrong and blame it on Trump. And the, his platform that he wants done, as I said last week, they aren't go, they're only going to bring the things that they want to bring to him. That's why Paul Ryan has his better plan and I bet even though he's given lip service today to Donald Trump and how Donald Trump did this great phenomenal thing, that there is some truth to all this stuff. We live in a dynamic world, so not everything's cut and drying in a vacuum. But Paul Ryan's giving him lip service because he wants to be able to, you know, get something done. But they're still working their behind-the-scenes things to make sure that all the rest of the Senate and the Congress, you know, they're globalist. Uh, corporate global people continue to manipulate things to their benefit, and they're not going to allow Trump to do hardly anything from the power of standing up for we the people. The big businesses will still get what they want, and then there will be certain little token things that will come our way for we the people, but it was more of a smoke screen or a play game. Now, you see all these people in these different cities up in the you know, protesting, which is not new. You know, we've been talking about that for a few weeks. So I'm a bit sad that we don't wake up that the system is what's screwed up. And if it wasn't for Donald Trump being a billionaire, he wouldn't have had the money to deal with the system the way he did. So we need to start focusing, or at least it's my opinion, that we all need to work together first and foremost in deciding where we go forward instead of having oligarchy dictators. But we we need to figure out a system that allows everybody to feel like we're all in this together and that we actually are choosing the person that we all can accept as our leader. Because now you've got at least seven different big cities around the country that are all in up in arms and protests and George Soros and the corporate globalists are loving this opportunity to just better push their own agenda. So well, to me, uh, and, and, I, and John, I think that's, you know, I think there are possibilities there. Um, but, but, and this is actually uncommon for me, but uh, as you probably heard in the past, but I've got a little bit more of an optimistic outlook uh, and this Can is why. Okay. Thing? Can I say one you know, last thing in respect to this? Real quick, then I'll make I'll, I'll make my comments. Yeah. Okay. The, the one last twist I wanted to go to was the the thing about Bernie Sanders in this election is number one, if Bernie Sanders would have not been a reflecting of corruption within the system, like the WikiLeaks revealed about the Clinton Foundation and all the Clinton's dealings then Bernie Sanders could have potentially ran off with the election and Trump would have never even had a chance. And that's why I was concerned that the Democrats were going to get smart and say, Hillary, you need to step aside and let Biden or uh, Bernie Sanders stand up here because they don't have corruption following them to pull us down. And then Trump would have never even got even this close. That's just my opinion. 
So I understand, and I, I know that, um, and, and, I'm, and I'm sorry, Joe, but I just disagree with the, with that too, and, and I'll, I'll explain why in a moment. Um, and, and as I'm saying, is that you know at this point I have an optimi- uh, optimistic view, and this, and this is why. Okay, is that you know Trump had a, you know a, a huge victory last night, just a huge victory. I think that the, the people, while not everyone is awake, because I mean Hillary Clinton did get a, a ton of votes. Okay, um, there's a lot of people woken up now, and I think he'll get stuff done because I think the the what the what the people have shown is uh, you know one is remember they were concerned that it, you know that Donald Trump will bring the down ballots you know and they'll lose they'll lose maybe maybe not lose the House but definitely lose the Senate that, that was the sentiment okay that didn't happen. People kept in the Republicans. I mean, even Rubio came back and won, right? Uh, because I think the, the reason the people did that is they want Donald Trump to succeed. They want Donald to get these things done. And if these people, you know, and, and, and there will be a point where it's obvious, if these people do things to blockade what Trump has campaigned on, you know, and, and they make it, you know, make it obvious, which they may not make it obvious, but that it'll, it'll be known. It'll be shown. You 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 won't be able to hide it. The people say, "Well, look, we know what you're trying to do because because I think the people they're they're up to the corruption. They know about the corruption. They know about the you know. The, I think they're becoming more aware about you know the global governance that they're trying to do. I think they're becoming more more aware of that. I think the people are starting you know at least you know we'll see how we'll see. But I'm just saying you know I mean I'll be honest. I am totally. Surprised. I so mentally prepared myself. Maybe this is why I'm so optimistic. Is I was I so mentally prepared myself. We got another Skype caller, and we'll we'll, we'll get you in. Uh, but I was so mentally prepared myself for Hillary Clinton to be announced the pre- the next president of the United States. I mean, I mean, we worked hard. I mean, I I didn't stop. I mean, up until spending twelve hours exit polling yesterday. Okay. Uh, but I mean, even I mean, in my heart of hearts, and going coming home, I'm like, I'm not going to be in a good mood come Wednesday morning. You know, I mean, they're they're going to take this. Uh, but as I mentioned earlier, I think with you know the efforts of you know a lot of folks, including Kelly and and Jim Connor Jr., we've had them on the show. Their efforts, I think that you know the powers that be you know that we're on to them and decided you know yeah those going to they're going to do some try, but I think they did they they didn't do as things as extensively. Uh, as they could have, certainly, to, to steal this election. And so I think that, you know, that the Republicans might be like, you know, we could get voted out if we don't, you know, I, Trump has a mandate. He, I mean, the, think about it. The first time that you had a Republican president who had both the House and the Senate was back in 1928. And so, it's, you know, he's got a mandate. He's got to man. I mean, look. I mean, he's going to get over. He's probably going to get over 300 uh, electoral college votes. I mean, what's the last time a presidential candidate did that? I mean, we've got more people you know history, but more than I do, and perhaps they can answer that for me. And he's going to. I mean, if he didn't take the popular vote, which I think the only reason why, if he didn't take the popular vote, was because of the voter fraud, electric fraud uh, that we've seen. Uh, well, let me tell you something. Let me give you about my exit polling. I know it's just a small exit poll. Okay, and I would have to, you know, admittedly say in, you know, a pretty conservative area, 
But Donald Trump took 75 – in my exit poll of, the, of those who responded, Donald Trump took 75%. 75%. You know, Hillary Clinton took 19.5% in this exit poll I did yesterday. And then you had uh, Jill Stein with 1.3, Gary Johnson with 2.3, and other, uh, including someone saying uh, having a write-in for, uh, you know, I don't effing know. Um, you know, now the two point three percent, seventy five percent. You know, of those of, of those who responded said they were for Donald Trump. Not with nineteen point what nineteen point three, I think I got here. Let me look back. Nineteen point five, nineteen point five for Hillary Clinton, uh, and he took Ohio, but quite convincingly, you know, Trump took Ohio. So that that gives me that that gives me a positive outlook on it. I mean, I was prepared. I was prepared to lose today. I was prepared to be like, you know what? I'm not doing a show today because I'm. I just I just need to recover. But but here we are. Um, and then with Bernie Sanders, uh, I still don't think Bernie Sanders would have won. And this is why. One, you know, I mentioned earlier about the socialism, but he is a politician. And people people are tired. Uh, people are tired of politicians. They wanted someone who was not a, a part, you know, of the political class. You know, it's funny. You know how how long I've been, you know, I, I I've been saying political class of that that term. You know, I I felt like I kind of made it up because I've never heard it before. But I, I I've heard uh, I heard uh, Sean Hannity use it a couple times today, so maybe he's listening. Uh, but I have heard him say the political class a couple times today, which was uh, I was. I was like, oh my gosh, listen to that. I, I say that all the time. Uh, but, but I really think that. Uh, now, on to Cindy's point, and I did find that audio. Actually, I didn't find it. I had to re, uh, re-upload it. Is, you know, something that she put in the chat that I think could be, you know, telling for us, give us some hope. And this, this is what's coming from Van Jones. They're afraid of how do I explain this to my children? I have Let's play that again. This is what he was saying today. Very short, so uh, this is one of the questions he asked himself. They're afraid of how do I explain this to my children? I have no- Well, Cindy's, uh, first thing her 15-year-old grandson said this morning was, now I'm actually going to have a future. Think about that, folks. Um, and so let's go ahead and bring things back to the roundtable while I do – uh, some uh, call screening here, and let's go ahead and bring it back to you, Kelly. Uh, well, yeah, I hope Cindy can call in tonight because uh, I'd heard problems in Florida and they somewhat got it straightened out. Well, I just run some simple numbers here. <clears throat> when you consider that in the presidential race, you might be at what was it like 51 million to 50 or uh, 50 million, something like that, whatever it was. You got a really close race, okay? Um, but if you take 5% away from, say, you know, Trump, okay, for example, that actually turns out to a 10-point difference. You know, if you flip, if you flip 5%, you get 10 for Hillary. So one out of 20 people uh, would be cheated, and they probably wouldn't find out. If they did, if they started talking about it, then people would start saying tinfoil hat, yada, yada, yada. Um, but there's other techniques we're even discovering, even as recent as last night, um, that are just uh, point blank frightening. Now, I say that to propose it is possible that the true numbers um, 
I'm going to suggest from information we have that there was some um, electronic election fraud. Um, you know, if you do 10 points, that means it's a 20-point difference if you if you flip from Trump to Hillary. But that's when it gets to be a little bit too much. One out of 10 are complaining and, and all this stuff, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so we don't know how much. It's hard to prove. We know we're going to find some. Um, but I wonder what Trump's true numbers were, okay? Um, so he might have had a lot more. Um, I, I heard that he won the... The Hillary won the popular, but he won the electoral. I'm not, I can't confirm that. Maybe somebody could look it up and call in. But, you know, to be fair, it's possible um, Trump – I mean, some, somebody threw this allegation out today, and I work with all, all kinds uh, because election integrity is far above uh, political ideals. But um, a, a person threw this out today, and it maybe Trump cheated. Well, that is always a possibility. We don't know. He did benefit from it if he did it. However, I don't think he has the establishment ties, you know, the, the Goldman Sachs, the Banksters, uh, Diebold, ES&S, Dominion. I don't think he has the ties or the connections to um, do this. And the other reason why I don't think he did it is because, well, the corporations hate him, Wall Street hates him, the Republicans hate him. If he were to approach somebody that could get him, uh, get votes flipped for him, they would probably come out uh, in, in the media tomorrow, I mean, the next day or within an hour, really, and say, hey, you approached us about flipping the election. And so the powers that be would have crushed him that way if he even tried to cheat. So, I, you know, it's, all, it's possible, but I, I'm having a lot of doubts that Trump had anything to do with electronic uh, manipulation, but I would more so lean that maybe he had another five or ten points uh, that weren't reported. Um, I yield. Okay, so let me go ahead and take uh, this time. We got a couple callers. We got uh, Gene on the line and Rez. And so let's go ahead and get Rez on the line. Uh, thank you very much, uh, for, sir, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Did I see your uh, yep. You are a thank Skype caller. Where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from uh, London. London. Yes. Great. Well, thank you very much. Go ahead. Yes. I, uh, as you know, make no mistake about it. The anti-Trump riots is happening in America as we speak. It's created by Muslims and homosexual forces as a part of conspiracy to create civil unrest in America. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely a possibility, you know, of that. Uh, you know, of course, you know, they may be hired you know, from, I think, was that you, Kelly, uh, who mentioned earlier, or, or someone mentioned that it could be, you know, again, those paid by uh, George Soros. Well, I will, I will go ahead and confirm that I heard a second source that the Trump riots are beginning. Um, I ran into somebody at Walmart at the checkout. And he's indicating that Trump riots are are beginning, and, and who knows? I mean, if you look at the uh, you look at the uh, some of the situations, San Jose. Oh my gosh, I knew somebody went to the San Jose event, and it was like yes. the police were kind of somewhat in, inciting it by how they funneled the crowd in a certain direction. So that That's was in true. the primary. Um, there has been 
uh, other uh, attempts at his life. Um, I, I, we're not, we're not out of the woods yet. You know, he could be yes. shot. He could be something, something. Uh, so, you know, we're, there are people that just, you know, like Rosie O'Donnell, you know, she's going to move to uh, Canada. I mean, I'm sorry, she's racist. Why didn't she move to Mexico? Anyway, um, that's a little joke there. So I, I won't be surprised <laughs> to see uh, problems. Uh, Hillary, there's reports from Bernie Sanders people that Hillary was paying people to put on a Bernie sheet, a Bernie shirt, 1500 bucks, and go inside a riot at a Trump rally. Some of this would be paid... Um, you know, in, inciting or insurrection, possibly. Some of it could be genuine. Uh, it could be a mix of it. It could be George Soros funding it. You know, Black Lives Matter. That's what he did. Insurrection oh, yeah. all problems. So I, I will not be surprised when it happens. And I, so I appreciate that gentleman from London uh, comment. Can I say something? Can I? Say, I have a few yeah, more, go ahead. Uh, more things to report. And remember. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Yeah, please remember that, uh, you know, as you mentioned earlier, this is just beginning. It was plan A. Plan A was to, Hillary was supposed to win the election. And she did not. So plan number B is to go through the, civil unrest in United States and North America and even in Canada. And as a result, they're calling martial law and suspend the election forever. What do you think of that, please? Well, I know there's uh, folks who, you know, were, were saying that was possible. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I've never subscribed to that. Uh, I think that could be something we can uh, bring over to your, yourself, uh, uh, Susan, and then Kelly chime in, and also uh, if you got anything on that, John. Uh, I mean, I, I've heard people talk about it, but I never thought that could be, you know, something that could actually happen. Well, well so Robert, let me uh, go ahead and comment on that, if I may. Uh, and then other, Susan, if she's getting comments, go ahead. Yeah, well, other intel is um, Larry Nichols, he was a top White House aide for uh, the Clintons, helped with a lot of elections. He's in warning of election fraud, too. Um, he did say um, on Infowars that that is a backup plan to cause civil unrest. So, you know, it's a backup plan. The question is, are they going to carry it out? What's going to happen? Don't know. But I, I won't be surprised if it happens. I mean, there are people that just uh, just loathe Trump because, you know, they paint him as a, a racist bigot. I mean, you think Ben Carson. Who's Ben Carson? He's black. A wonderful man. I've watched his inspiring YouTube videos. You know, but but still, the media has painted him as bad guy, bad guy, evil, son of Satan, and people are believing it. I mean, I hung out with uh, uh, Bernie folk at, um, and one of them was a Hillary supporter too, um, at an election integrity conference uh, in early October, all weekend. Really neat people. I really like them, but they are buying this stuff. They are buying that that, that Trump is the worst thing ever, um, and so I'm not going to be surprised if it does happen. That's true. I, it does make sense, too, as you mentioned. I mean, I mentioned and you mentioned, and we are both agreeing that. And then there is a plan C, too. And plan number C is creating the World War III before the January 4th. What do you think of that, please? 
Boys, Robert, you well, I don't, know, I don't know about all that one. I think that would be. Um, I mean, I, I, that's even further than. I, I don't. I don't believe that. Now, how would how well, would they well, say that would be brought about? Well, yeah. Robert, there are three hundred fifty thousand NATO, three hundred fifty thousand NATO that's troops true. on the Russian uh, Federation border. This is that's this true. has been some of the most um, tense relationships with Russia since the Cold War. I mean, this is pretty serious stuff. That's true. Um, I this I like this guy from London. He's you know analyzing things, seeing, being aware. I wish a lot more people would be aware like him. Um, and, it's, there's some and, concerns here. True, and and we are sick of the refugees that coming to uh, Europe, and right now Europe is in a state of civil war, and you know if you have watched the YouTube video on Paris, uh, just put Paris and refugees sleeping in the streets. My gosh, this is already end of Europe. And we are going not only in Germany, they are going to replace Merkel. I mean, they are going, it's going to be Europe. The whole Europe is going to be a state of civil war. And we are sick and tired. They come here and they take, I mean, like, for example, a man who has four wives and 23 kids getting $400 million from Merkel right now in Germany. Oh, what the heck? What? I'm sorry, what the F is that? That's a bullshit. We are sick and tired of it. and And that's why... Donald uh, was, uh, <coughs> you know, did elect because people of America understood what's happening to Europe. Europe is finished already. And, and you guys should know that too. And as a result, you know, can you open your church in Saudi Arabia? No way, Jose. No way. But you have 5,000 masks in North America right now. Or we have met over close to 10,000 masks in Europe. I mean, that's, that, what's that? It is, it's called United Islamic Europe. There is a Sharia law. There is no more constitution in United, uh, in United Europe or London. I mean, London, we have a Sharia police. Sharia police, I mean, we see it beat the people if their hair or their dress is not correct according to the Islamic laws in in the London. I mean, we are sick and tired. Do you understand our voice from Europe? I hope you guys do. Because if you guys are not understanding, you will experience the same crap that we are doing. Go ahead, please. Now, with the, the, the you know the whole World War Three, are you suggesting that there would be a nuclear war, or would it be conventional? And regardless of either way, what would be the purpose of it? Is Sharia law to, to, right to to bring Sharia law to United States and North America is already there. You guys are just very a seventy percent there already. So. The rest will come as in the near future. I mean, we are already almost 100% Sharia law in Europe. I mean, if somebody, I mean, 
do any harm, say, to a, a lady, it's okay. You know, they let them go because it's the Sharia law. They are not going to prosecute them. I mean, this, I mean, we have, I mean, reports that if you go to shubat.com, S-H-O-E-B-A-T.com, you will read the true stories, what's going on in pretty much the whole world, including Europe and United States. And, uh, you know, the news is not, is, is not good at all. France is in a state of civil war. I mean, all Europe is in a state of civil war right now. So, and you guys, it seems, in a state of civil war too. So, because of, you know, Donald Trump is elected because he is not the puppet of the puppet of the puppet masters. Am I right or wrong? Well, certainly, uh, and then we're going to get Frank right. Susan and get your comments. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, he's definitely not, you know, anyone's puppet. I think that's why there was so much uh, against him, you know, coming in, especially from, you know, the powers that be and the elite media. And uh, so, uh, Susan, what's your thoughts on all that? Well, apparently he knows a lot more going over there than I do. I mean, I know that Europe is having a problem. And you got Angela Merkel with Germany and... You got them letting all kinds of people in and problems they're having with bankers and everything. There's a pretext thing and oh my. It's a it's a mess over in Europe too. But they are controlled also. I mean the New World Order's got its little fingers into everything. And you have different people over there, but the, you know, then here we got the Rockefellers, we've got Soros, who's got um, the CFR, Council on Foreign Relations, Skull Bones over there. They have more of the Bilderbergers and that kind of stuff. But, you know, they're all connected and it's all causing problems. And so, what could you say? Uh, can you tell me from where you are right now, please? I mean, where is your state or just country, please? Or Idaho. Okay, yeah. In Idaho, there was a rape of the five-year-old girl in the elevator in Twin Falls. I, I strongly yeah. believe. Yeah, uh, if, okay. And then these two people are Syrian refugees and Iraqi refugees, the Muslim ones, and then they rape and then at the end, they pee on that five years old girl. And still, police is never prosecute any of them. Can you please tell for your listeners why? Oh, boy. Who knows who the police is? Who knows who bad ones? He's obviously. But Rich Otter, our governor, could have stepped in and pushed it, but he didn't do it, which is why I called him. And because he hasn't been checking. The refugees, what do you, what do you call them? Uh, where you, you check them out and uh, see if they have criminal records or all this within a certain amount. What? Through Interpol. Yeah, through Interpol, they yeah. check them. Right, right, right. Yeah, Go a ahead. certain amount in. 
And I called him and I said, you know what? Here's the deal. You've been letting them in. You haven't been checking them. You've done nothing. And you might as well committed to the rape yourself. I've been right there. Oh, the secretary did not want to pass that on, but I jumped on him about it because, you know, and, and the police are going to follow the governor's actions. So I think that's why they didn't do anything because the governor hadn't done anything. So and, and that would be you, my tell guess. Us why? Why? Why they haven't done any action? Because of they rule among against all of us. Means we, if you, if for example, an American or a black or a Hispanic, something like that, it does. It would be in the jail today. But they have priority than anybody else. Am I right or wrong? Go ahead, please. No, you're, you're, you're right. I mean, I was looking for a Muslim family, and they're in Texas. They're going to try to return to Idaho. They're from Pakistan. He's a doctor. His brother's a doctor. Very nice people. They always treated me good, gave me little gifts and stuff. So I'm not going to, you know, say every, uh, you know, uh, Pac- uh, Pakistanian Muslim or every Muslim from another country is bad. I won't do it. I mean, I I don't I don't think they were refugees. I think they moved here because he's a doctor and his mother and dad still live in Pakistan, and they travel over here because they have money. Okay. And so you know they were really good to me. So you know I I have a few Jewish friends. You know it's people just don't even try to get along. And it's sad because it's all about power and somebody manipulating them to think they need to do it this way. No, I mean, yeah, I understand. I mean, yeah, 90% of them, they want Sharia law. The 10%, they're, uh, uh, they're separate. Yeah, 10% of the Muslims in, in Europe is totally are different. They're European. They interact. They're integrated to the society. They are top scientists, etc. We are not talking about them. We are talking about the 90% of the uh, basically... Uh, you know, uh, the uh, uh, SOBs that they come here and, and then they want to screw our constitutions, constitution of the Europe, constitution of the Canada and Australia and around the globe. Basically, that's not acceptable. You're right. And, and I don't think that, you know, the illegals coming over from crossing the border from Mexico should be able to change things either. If you're in this country, if you like the rules from your country, go back to your country. If you if you come here, you have to follow our rules, which are not always perfect, believe me. Um, but that's why you came here, was because you wanted something better. Hey, so sir, can you try your other phone the way you did with Jim Condit in the last call? Because it makes it a lot clearer for us to understand what you're saying. Um, well, it's, Talk about Susan. Yeah, yeah, sometimes it's hard to hear you on your phone, Susan. <laughs> okay. Um, Can you hear remember, me? Yeah. Remember yeah, that's better. Jim, Jim Condit, that made it a lot better, when you, whatever you did with Jim Condit on the last show call. Okay. Now, now you're my phone again. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Yes. 
Okay. I yeah, see, right there was all right. Right here is all right. Okay. I guess you it's see, trying to get a new phone. I mean, the headlines. Muslim beat Christian woman to death. The Muslims are arrested and then released. Oh, man. Where the hell the Christians? Where the hell the Christians are right now? I mean, why they are not protesting? I mean, the Christians are dying in Middle East every day, every night, every second, every minute. What? Why? Why everybody silent? Can Can somebody explain to me, please? I can't. Real quick, well, let's go ahead and bring, let's bring Kelly in. Uh, I knew Kelly's just let Kelly answer that. And then, uh, Gene, I see you on the line. We will get you in. Uh, go ahead, Kelly. Well, yeah, this gentleman from uh, London, I appreciate you, you calling in. I'm, I'm going to guess, are you from uh, India originally? I mean, I am, you know, a world citizen. Let's put it that way. Because my DNA is belong to everywhere. So. Okay. Well, yeah. I, so I, I am other. I put myself other always. Other. I mean, if your your ancestors were from India, I had friends from India in college, and they were really neat people. One guy's name was Rajanish, and uh, very, yeah, very peaceful towards Western thinking, if you will, which includes sure, Europe, sure. Uh, Canada, America. I do want to um, explain what's going on here that might explain what's going on there, or maybe you could give some feedback as to how it happened in Europe. What I'm seeing here in America is this uh, social acceptance, you know, and, and stop being racist and just accept everybody, uh, Muslim, black, white, everybody. But let's just be so socially accepting that we've let our borders down, we've let our guard down, we've had people, you know, uh, they don't even want a border. We've had people that let's just love everybody and let everybody into our country and let's just be also um, politically correct. It, it's, it, I see it clearly going on here, and I know where it's heading, which is not good. I mean, you know, I, I'm not racist, obviously, but I, this over, uber, unbelievable, over-the-top uh, um, political correctness is hurting our country. And did you, do you, did you see this years ago, five years ago, ten years ago? When, when did you see this happening in Europe? Because I think that explains a lot, the blind acceptance. But everybody into the country. I mean, it happens to you guys in Dearborn, Michigan, and many other places. And, you know, I mean, they come, they get everything. I mean, we have one of the Imam Chaudhary. Imam Chaudhary, he is getting, like, very good money, like $25,000 a year from the UK government, okay? And then this guy, he is anti-UK, is anti-constitution of UK, anti-people, anti, uh, you know, discotheques, anti-music, anti-everything. Hey, basically, he's a Sharia law person. And he has many followers in London, etc. And mayor of the city of London is a Muslim. And and he said, no problem. I work with homosexuals. I work with this. I work with everybody. What kind of bully is that? Go ahead, please. 
I got phone problems right now, Robert. Go ahead and take over. What's that? I'm sorry. I think I was was having phone problems. Uh, Robert, I'll just tell you this over the phone. I sent a text to a buddy. He's kind of a redneck. He predicted that Trump would win a year ago. And I said, hey, call in, but his cell phone isn't working. He's too remote out in the woods. Um, But I have heard, um, so I really, you know, sincerely appreciating this caller. You know, I'm, 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 uh, he's talked like Indian friends that I've had before. And uh, he's telling us what's going on in Europe. And um, so um, I've noticed some Muslims have come here. In particular, there's one county in Michigan where they seemed to congregate and and essentially took over. Um, I'm sure there's other areas of America that they kind of got in, but our press, again, politically correct, um, our press has refused to report the problem. Of course, the locals know about it when they get kicked out of city council and then the county supervisors or commissioners um, essentially taking over a county or a uh, a city, et cetera, et cetera, we do have uh, a, at least one Muslim in the U.S. House of Representatives. Um, I, there have been people studying this. I can't remember the guy's name. He's a British historian. You know, and around the seventh, late 7th century, the Muslims have had, um, a, 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 in essence, a quest to conquer the world and, you know, you talk about the Crusades, of course the left will say, oh, the Crusades were so evil. Well, what had happened was it was 300 years where the Muslims were expanding out and attacking and attacking and attacking. After 300 years, uh, the Western thinking said, okay, we've had enough. We're going to push you back. We're going to go to Jerusalem and do all this. And um, there's been a number of, if you look at certain maps over history, there's been um, Muslim uh, incursions. Muslims pushing out nations, nations fighting back. It, it is, it's really a quest for power. And w- when you study this stuff over the many centuries, it, this is a continual problem. In World War One, for example, um, the Muslims got somewhat divided um, after uh, you know divvying up the Middle East between uh, the English uh, and the French and and the Americas. Um, but they have discovered oil in Saudi Arabia, which has been a big funding of the Muslims. Um, this this is a, a substantial concern. Um, I don't have time to go into that. Robert, we need to have an expert on, I think we did have one, on the world's history of the Muslims and how they push, and they will not relent, they will not stop, they will... In, in, enforce Sharia law, they come in peacefully and they take over and all of a sudden, oh, we got you now, it's Sharia law. So um, I, I think what this, the, the concerns this gentleman from London is, is communicating is um, is merited. And uh, remember, please, they concord already one time pretty much the whole world. And they came even to Spain and to part of Europe, but then they repealed back. And now they're going back and conquer back again. And they're doing it. I mean, we, I mean, Paris finished 
Germany finished, Sweden finished, I mean, the Greece is finished, I mean, every country in Europe is finished, UK finished, we have no more hope, I mean, they are coming, and they are going to kick our uh, butts out, and where the hell we are going to go to, that's the problem, that's why Europe is in a state of civil war as we speak. Whole Europe. Whole Europe. Well, we've got, um, you know, we've got a couple other uh, folks on the line. Let's go ahead and then uh, bring them in. Uh, we've got Jane, and then we've got uh, someone I know you folks have become familiar with. We also want to, said earlier, give uh, special thanks to him for his work uh, on the election. Or uh, you know, on election voter fraud, and that's Jim Connor Jr. So Jim, we will be bringing you in uh, as well. So let's go ahead and bring in Gene, and then we'll bring in uh, you, Cal. I'm sorry, <laughs> Cal. Uh, we'll bring you in, Jim, uh, and then we'll get back to uh, to our conversation here. Z, uh, Raz, I'm sorry. Uh, as we have our roundtable discussion, we're going to keep you on the line. We'll definitely continue on uh, more with uh, that, you know, that discussion. Uh, so, you know, we're not going to have you be leaving the show. You're welcome to stay. Uh, you know, we'll continue on with that. But let's go ahead and uh, bring in Gene, get his comments, and then we'll bring in Jim. And then uh, we'll go from there. We also have some more folks I see on the line. Just push the one on your number dial uh, when you are ready to get in. And now I'll get your name, and then we'll get you into the show. But let's go ahead and welcome Gene. Thank you, Gene, for coming on. How are you? I'm doing okay. How about you? Uh, good, good. And I tell you what, I, I, I couldn't be, uh, well, I guess I could be happier, but I'm pretty happy right now with uh, the results last night. Uh, let's, uh, th- th- some of these uh, things we're hearing from uh, our caller uh, from London that uh, these things aren't, aren't, aren't coming to pass. Go ahead. Uh, yes, uh, I was, I have been listening to, to Dr. Savage on the Savage Nation, and I was, I got admit last night, I was surprised at the results because they were waiting for the, they were talking about Florida. They were taking, for, uh, waiting for the results from Briar County. They, they said that was pretty much for Hillary. I fit, I figured that, that Florida would go in Hillary's direction, and the way things were running, I thought that that Hillary would be able to win the the election, even if it was a close one. And, and Dr. Savage seemed to think on his show today, he think, seemed to think that the, the Jewish uh, whatever they, the the those people there in the church or whatever seem to think it was uh, God's will, and who knows? It could be God's will that uh, uh, that that Trump has not in the time reversed in least for a while. And uh, I thought that the Democrats are complaining about the you know election fraud because I seen the polls here in Boise they had some trouble with the Ori Bolton, and also yesterday had to extend it out because there was confusion about the wrong voting places, so they was the Democrats were on a couple hours, but the judge gave them an extra hour, so you could see where the Democrats may be justified and, you know, be a closer action and wanting to have something done and not so accepting of it, and the president seemed to accept uh, Trump on that, and I, I just thought they would be it would take a little while at least for Trump to, to nail down in the closer election, because as I understand uh, Hillary got the popper vote, so I was expected that it was going to hang in the balance a little under. Uh, so I was very surprised to see that uh, Trump had won that. And I am, myself, I'm very concerned about the Muslims because 
when they come in their culture, I don't know how many of you have seen the, uh, the Star Trek and the Borg, you know, resistance is feudal with the Muslims. Uh, they have the religion and the government kind of won, you know, the prayer no, I times. I appreciate that Star no. Trek uh, analogy there as a, as a, as a Trekkie yeah. myself, but go ahead. Yeah, uh, that way, because they have their prayer times and they take over, they don't become absorbed. And my understanding that they still want to have their prayer times, they're not going to be like the Christians get pushed out of the businesses. So I don't know how it would be at a Walmart when it's time for prayer time, if they would, you know, if they become dominant enough, if they would stop to, to do the prayer time and whatever else would happen for a period of time. I don't know how that would work because I guess every place that they have their their prayer time or something that they want they want to do their prayer time, you know, like you know they don't go home or do something else. I guess and I understand they don't want to do that when those bells rent. I heard something about down in Los Angeles with that. I had the impression that 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 was going on. At least they talked to it about the Sunday school boss. Uh, year or so ago about it sounded like that was going on there. I don't know, you know, the mosque down in that area. So uh, like I said I was very pleasantly surprised. And I think that Trump has a mandate, so I would have to disagree with John. And I think that they will get some things done because Trump didn't go to the people if the Congress doesn't cooperate with right, them. Right, I don't think they have to want to do something to get some things done. And if uh, I may jump in, Muslims in U.S. on Trump, we know he see us as less than human. No, that's exactly opposite. They see the rest of American or European or Australian or Asian or etc. as less than human. They they think they are the only human in the whole world. And and this is exactly what is happening in all over the world from the Europe to North America. Go ahead, please. Well, I, I heard something else. I think it was on the Savage Nation today that, that these uh, these terrorists kind of think they want Hillary to win the, the, diff, the different group, the terrorist group. I can't say their name right now, the main one that's been going Daesh. on. That they, Daesh. Daesh. D A E S H Daesh. Go ahead, please. Yeah, that that's about all I have right now. Reserve the right to put my opinion in there as I hear other people talking. Well, it looks like we uh, we had Jim on the line. It looks like he may be having some uh, phone difficulties here, and so. Uh, we'll see if he's uh, going to be able to get back in. Hopefully he calls in with the next 45 minutes. Uh, or else, as you folks know, he won't be able to, to get back into the show. Uh, but we will keep an eye on that. And as soon as he uh, calls back in, uh, regardless of who, of who we have on, unfortunately, uh, we'll have to interrupt uh, so we can get Jim back in. Uh, but let's go ahead. And since uh, John's name was invoked, uh, we'll bring it back to you, John. And then we'll have uh, Reskin back in. We'll continue our roundtable discussion. We have plenty of time here, uh, but do we want to get back to our uh, main topic uh, for tonight? But go ahead, John. Yeah, um, this gentleman that's on, he's from England, London, England? That's true, sir. Wow. Um, I'm kind of curious. I know, did you say that there's 5,000 mosques in America? 
Uh, yeah, that's true. Or, I mean, that's what uh, the many news agencies report. So maybe it's it's about that. That's true. Um, well, in in Idaho, there is only two, but in just in other states, they're, they're built pretty much like an arco gas station. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, well, I was just curious. Real quick, John. I, real quick, John. We, John, we, we'll, we'll, have to, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to this, but let's go ahead. And uh, we do have Jim back here. Uh, and, uh, of course, as we said, we want to thank Jim uh, for all his uh, work with uh, exposing electronic voter machines and election fraud uh, which uh, with the Watch the Vote USA. Uh, so let's welcome Jim. Thank you very much, Jim, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Hi, uh, Robert. I, I, are we in the celebration of the Trump victory, or I, I'm, I'm, I'm not clear on what the, the, the discussion. Well, we, we, well sometimes wife. here on the show we kind of get kind of you know sometimes here on the show we get kind of uh, off track and well, <laughs> off okay. the topic that's of the okay. show and go off no, the, go okay. off the tangents. It's kind of the organic nature, but yeah, we have a gentleman uh, Res here uh, calling in to, from London, England, and he just had some uh, concerns, you know, with the riots going on. Uh, and he said this is, you know, maybe part of a, a Plan B uh, from the powers that be, uh, because of course Plan A was get Hillary Clinton elected. But since that didn't happen, uh, then there might be one that's caused, you know, civil unrest, so that Obama, and correct me if I'm wrong, rest, uh, that, so that President Obama can declare martial law and avoid uh, the transfer of power that way. Well, they're going to have to do a lot better than we're doing now because they have a few demonstrations in a few cities of not that many people. But, um, yeah, um, yeah. so, no, no, it's it's good that you have a wide-ranging, unpredictable show because radio and conference calls, radio shows and conference calls are, are for, you know, for the public are good if they're unpredictable. You know, they get old if they're too predictable, you know. But, yeah, I was uh, delighted that, that, that Trump won last night um, and – uh he uh i think what happened was is that the the powers that be uh decided that um clinton was unsavable in other words paul craig roberts who you may have heard of who was the assistant secretary of the treasury under reagan in 1981 to 85 somewhere in there he has writes his own columns now and he's kind of gone a little bit he's gone independent you might say and not in, in his thinking and he wrote a column on uh, November 4th, which is the same as the thesis I put out to my circle of people, and that is that Hillary has become too much, so much of a liability that they they reluctantly had to throw her under the bus because, uh, you know, she was going to be under impeachment investigation from day one. Uh, Chavetz, that fellow, the congressman Chavetz, and Trey Gowdy, and even Paul Ryan was talking about uh, you know, perhaps her being in, uh, under, impeached the day she gets in office. Uh, cr- criminal investigations would, would have continued, even if not with the cooperation of the Justice Department. Um, uh, half of the country would have thought the election was rigged last night if, if, if Hillary had won, because, again, you had, like, in most areas of the country, you got got 100 Trump signs or more for every Hillary sign, Um he won all the big online polls, some of them having almost 2 million people, almost all of them having over 100,000. And in those online polls, you can only vote once from one IP address, so most people are not sophisticated to vote, know how to change their IP address. They're not going to run to their next-door neighbors. Most people are only going to vote once. He won all those in incredible landslides. 
And the crowds, the crowds were not for 16 months for five to 25,000. Hillary couldn't even get 200 most of the time until the last one with Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen the night before the election, they they were the, the mainstream media was touting she had 33,000, and that's with a. Yeah, they're there for him. Huh? <laughs> what? They were there for him, not her. Exactly, exactly, and that's what Trump said. He said we don't need we don't need big celebrities to get crowds. So. Um, I, I felt that they, they let the Trump victory stand, as we've covered on the show before. They could have stolen it because three companies that I believe are totally establishment ruling elite companies count 99% of our vote on secret p- computer programs. But the problems they would have gotten into if they tried to put Hillary in, they just didn't want to. It was worse than letting Trump get in and try to manage him. Um they are, um, uh, I believe, and I would have gone up, and Robert, you were talking about going up. Had Hillary got in I, and was going to be inaugurated, I would have went up. I bet we would have had two million people there protesting her election as illegitimate at the inauguration. That would have been, they, it was just going to be a, a mess for the establishment, calling to question the legitimacy of the government. And I believe that's why they stood down and let Trump's victory stand. What I don't believe mm-hmm. is that Hillary has won the popular vote. I do not believe that. If you, if anybody wants to believe that, that's fine. But remember, the whole count is secret. We have no paper ballots. They take the ballot. This is you can't can't overemphasize this. And you know anybody that voted here in Cincinnati? You vote. You you feed your ballot into an ATM type machine that's like a safe, and the, then nobody sees any ballots. We don't know if they're tabulating true, false, or indifferent. But I don't believe right. that Hillary won the popular vote, and I have to see the ballots to believe that. But it gives the establishment, even though they had to let Trump's victory stand, it lets them tarnish his victory and our victory as if, well, she really just didn't even have a majority. I don't believe that for a minute. I think Trump won by 10 million votes. This whole campaign has been smoke and mirrors by the five TV networks and the three and, and the companies they work with. I think the five TV networks are the most criminal, lying operations in the history of mankind. Why anybody believes anything they put out, including the polls, I don't know. But I, I feel, Robert, like um, to sum up here, I, I, I went to bed. It was kind of odd going to bed as the winner. I fought politically my whole life, and almost every election and every night even we go to bed losing. You know, We know the other side is controlling all the power. But I felt like... Last night, like I think you did, we went to bed as winners and on the winning side. And I feel if, if you can use the analogy of two, uh, uh, two heavyweight fighters in a ring, our, you might say our guy uh, hit a good punch on the, on the jaw of the other guy, the ruling elite, and they, are, they staggered for a few seconds and they, their legs got wobbly. And I, think, I hope we can build on this victory and that Trump is able to stay strong. Yes. Uh, can I jump in? Uh, quick uh, to comment on few things, especially for that gentleman who asked about 5,000 masks in the United States. You know, just in New York, they have about 100, uh, uh, sorry, 280 masks. In Texas, they have like 170 masks. So you can imagine the rest of the country, I mean, uh, how many masks will be uh, in average. Uh, so uh, and remember, from Turkey, you know, after the Turkey coup, coup attempt in Turkey, 
the uh, you know the president uh, Erdogan, you know, basically sent a, what you call it uh, to the refugees in inside Europe, uh, toys, etc. You know, in the borderline, they captured all those toys. When they opened it, it was all machine guns and bullets and etc. Okay, so now this, uh, I mean, I mean, you can imagine what the hell is going on. Go ahead, please. Now, could I ask you a question? I, I, I guess I came in late. You're. You're calling from London, and you are a. You're, what is your what is your position? I mean, are you a a Muslim who's warning other people about the Muslims, or what is your what is your status? My status. No, I mean, are you a Muslim, or are you a Christian, or I mean, I I know you're warning us about the Muslims. I'm just wondering what your what your what your you know like what from what position are you com- coming from? Hello? Oh, yes, yes, I believe in Jesus Christ. Okay. Now, let me ask you this, and I, I, I heard somebody say the other day that since the year 2000, we've gone from 200 mosques in the United States to like 2,300 mosques in the United States. Now, but, but, but see, no, 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 question, no, no, no. The overall masking in the United States rose from 1209 in 2000 to 2106 in 2010 and since then increased 74%. So now you can calculate and see if the 5000 figure is close or you know or maybe less a little bit but it's about 5000. 5000 right. Okay now but what I always like to point out in the, is since 1990 We've had something between 2.5 million and 3 million uh, legal Muslim immigrants. Someone's got some really, a really bad connection. Hopefully we can correct that. Go ahead. Is my, is my connection bad? It, it, it might be. I'm getting a lot of static. It, it, might, it might have been coming from yours, I think. Are you, can you, well, I mean, can you hear me now or are you getting static? I can hear you now. I'm not getting any static, but it was. Do you, do, you, do you sure it was me, or it could have been the gentleman from London? I don't know. It could be calling from Skype, so I'm not, I'm not certain. Okay. Well, you have to I'm not hearing it now, so go ahead. No, I just wanted to say, who let those 2.5 million Muslims legally into the country, or those 3 million Muslims? That was Congress, Okay. And who's controlling Congress? Congress, according to many people have studied, is controlled by APAC, the American-Israel Political Action Committee. So I'd like to ask the caller from London, do you agree that the American-Israeli Political Action Committee is is pushing to get all these Muslims into the United States? I mean... First of all, Israel is not accepting any refugees. Saudi Arabia is not accepting any refugees. Iraqis are not accepting any refugees. Um, every country, they don't accept it. So it's pushed by United Nations. It's Agenda 21. And the Agenda 21 
is causing all this havoc on all the systems of Europe, Australia, and North America. And but you don't, you, you don't believe the, 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 the uh, Israeli lobby is behind it? I, I, I haven't found any, anything regarding that, but if you have found, please let us know. No, it's just that the Israeli lobby controls Congress, according to uh, Professors Walton Mearshear and the Israel lobby, according to Pat Buchanan, according to former Congressman Jim Traficant, the late Congressman, according to former Congressman uh, Lindsey, um, excuse me, um, Paul Finley of Illinois, according to Fritz Hollings, the retiring senator. I'm just saying there's a, there's a, you know, 75 senators go to the APAC meeting every year. My only point is is that these these Muslims are only coming here because they've been legally let in, and probably they're being pushed to come in. That they're being recruited, and then they're dropped in Detroit or wherever. In other words, it's an organized plan. It just isn't all of a sudden since 1990, uh, Muslims decided to start moving here. This is an organized plan to plant a lot of Muslims in the United States in preference in in preparation for a lot of conflict in the population, perhaps armed conflict. I mean, that's done uh, by the United Nations and Agenda 21. I mean, that's most probably it would be more accurate than any other nations because, you know, you know, you may have many, many lobbyists in your country, but, you know, uh, but I don't know about that. But as far as I know, the Europe right now, uh, our condition is quadrate, pretty much. I mean, we have had so much problems. I mean, these people, they come. I mean, then they do all the bad things against us. I mean, they kill, uh, kill us. I mean, in your country, too. I mean, it was just a few days. I mean, remember in a Somalian uh, residents in Minnesota or yeah. somewhere around yeah. that that yeah. had um, with the uh, Daesh knife pretty much so, the same knife so like, uh, killed so, you, so many people in the in the mall in your country uh, yeah. am I right or wrong if I am wrong please correct me no no you, I remember that incident but, but now are you do you like that Trump got president got into the presidency or not no, no, the reason he, he got, because like Brick said, why we did exit from... Well, you, uh, I'll from, bring that up, go ahead. Why, why we did get exit from European Union, because of all the crafts they are pushing on us. Yeah. They want us more refugees, more crap, more, I mean, we have no country anymore in the in, in UK anymore. I mean, yeah. anywhere in Europe. So, so that's why, uh, pretty much, I strongly believe that Europe will be more going towards uh, separation, and everybody wants their own uh, boundaries back again, once forever, and they want their own constitution, and they don't want to abide by all this, uh, you know, mass havoc and Agenda 21 and UN. Yeah. And pushing pushing them on the, our throats or your throats yeah. is the same thing because we sympathy with you guys always. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I have a question. Yeah, go ahead, John. 
Um, this is for Jim Condit. Um, you was, if I understood you correctly, you were saying that APAC, in, um, I guess, has some kind of control over Congress to get these people flooding into our country, and APAC is being led by Israel. What? I don't understand that. Why would I don't, I'm kind of like, why would Israel want these foreigners to be flooding into our country? Well, the. First of all, the, the first thing you have to determine is who is the most powerful group controlling, controlling Congress. And I'm telling you, if you research, and I, I threw out a bunch of sources there, the, the book I would say that for most people might be the most persuasive is The Israel Lobby, written by Professors Walt of, uh, of Harvard and Professor Mearshire of the University of Chicago. You can see YouTubes, though, of them. If you go to Walt and Mearsheimer, is the Israel lobby, you can see YouTube. But once you determine that that's the case, and Jim Trafficant again, who spent 20 years in Congress basically, absolutely says that's the case. You can go to James Trafficant, a tribute, where after he died, they put together a six-minute tribute to him from Greta Van Susteren and Sean Hannity. That was the last time he ever appeared on the air once he talked about this. But then you say, okay, well, whatever reason they're doing it, they're doing it, okay, because that's who tells Congress what to do, basically. Now, the reason it, it's a little bit of a hard for people to believe, they want, the, the, you know, the, they want a uh, to beat down white people. I mean, that's what they're taking. You know, they're they, they're helping the uh, uh, Muslims uh, uh, enter Europe, and they're helping the Muslims enter the United States. So, it's all to make white Europeans. It's a war against white Europeans. And some That's people true. think uh, of dissent. So now if people want to say, well, they, they, the, the brainwashing is so great, they might hear me say that and say, oh, Condit's a racist. But again, I'm not trying to invade Israel with people. They're orchestrating the invasion of our country with Muslims who don't even believe in our Constitution. We've had so That's much immigration right. in the last 60 years. Why do we need to have more immigration for the next 40 years? I mean, I know people may not be aware of this. There was a lot of immigration from southern Europe, Greece, Italy, Spain, from 1881 to 1921, and a lot of, um, uh, and then in 1921 they had a break so that people could assimilate, so everyone could assimilate, which worked out. 1921 to 1965, there was almost no immigration, just a little bit. Then uh, the act under Lyndon Johnson, which Teddy Kennedy sponsored, changed the immigration rules to from 90% European uh, to 90% non-European, and then immigration was greatly bumped up. Okay, and we're still experiencing that today, to where they say within a few years white Europeans will be a minority in in the United States. Now, part of the reason for that is that's what they're Europeans, trying to do. Yeah, and, and but part of the reason for that is white Europeans have been using birth control. And 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 Mohammedans, Mohammedans or Muslims have not. Mohammedans are having six to eight kids on average. Uh, white uh, Europeans are having. So why would you? You know, I'm one of seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. But so many families are only having two or three kids in the white European descended peoples. So that's part of it. But part of it is this forced immigration, which now has got to absurd. I mean, I'm not against any of the people that are fleeing war-torn areas, although that's not all that's happening. Uh, but I'm, we're not against them. But on the other hand, this forced demographic change 
in the Europe and the United States is a like a an invasion without a war. It's not good. It's not necessary. It, it throws everybody off balance, and it's not the way it should happen. And that's one reason why Trump was popular, is people sensed that's there's true. something mm-hmm. unnatural going on here. And that doesn't exactly. mean Trump. Right. I, I don't. I don't buy. Trump did not insult all Muslims. He did not insult all Mexicans. Uh, he just simply was making comments that are out of the ordinary. And, and as Ann Coulter says, if you're not anti-white now, you're considered a white, a white supremacist. But that's why people realize there's something unnatural going on. There's an invasion without a, without. But but the reason is to is to also manage the population. Uh, if you got all the ethnic groups fighting each other. It's easier for the people at the top to manage everybody. That's in Brazil. You have a lot of poor ethnic groups fighting each other and struggling. To, and then you got the the people running the country live in gated communities. So, our as we've talked about on other calls, our solution is to issue money properly, help all the classes, all the countries, all the races rise in 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 line with the age of plenty that we live in. This tremendous age of goods and computers and all the material goods we have and the goal would be to have uh, all the races uh, and all the classes and all the countries uh, work together like different parts of a symphony orchestra making beautiful music that's the goal but to do that you would have to put enough money in circulation so everyone can be have a ladder to climb onto so we're not against helping every last person in the world it's but but on the other hand these artificial Throwing togethers of disparate populations seems calculated to cause conflict, crime, and all that kind and, of stuff, rather than to help everybody. Yes, and what remember, please, all of. Oh, go ahead, sir. Go ahead, sir. What, I'm sorry. You done? What seemed to be the reason for my question is it seems that on the world stage, Israel's only ally is the United States of America, so it threw me off that you were implying that they would want to destroy their own, the very own and exclusive ally they have. And I, just, I would say uh, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around the fact that they would want to create their own genocide. Well, I, it's just in their mind, it's just to more me- easily manage the United States. Uh, they have great Britain has also been an ally of Israel, but certainly the United States were the one that's provides them with billions of dollars a year and all the weapons and everything. Uh, yeah, it is a mind blower. It is a mind blower. But that, I mean, I'm just saying objectively, you can see Congress is letting them in. Congress is, I mean, if you're going to imagine if you or I were going to be recruited to go to Thailand, okay? That isn't just like something you say, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll leave on Tuesday. You know, I mean, you got to get ready to leave your own country. You got to go go to have a place to stay. Somebody's got to find you a place to stay in Thailand, which you know nothing about. Somebody's got to arrange for you to have a job or an income from welfare. I mean, it's a big deal. This, this is a there. Are, I would contend to you there's thousands of underground or under unknown offices that are recruiting these people and helping them to get into Europe, into the United States, and then you get on the welfare system, at least until they mm-hmm. get a job. I mean, this is a big deal. This is an organized. Well, yeah, it's an organized effort, and uh, um, it's a gamble. I would say. Uh, on the part of those that are doing it, but I'm just saying objectively, that's happening. I mean, it is astounding to me that 25, 2.5 million to 3 million Muslim Arabs have been 
let into this country legally, not illegally. They didn't break in. It was legally by Congress since 2000 that we've gone to whatever the gentleman said, somewhere between 2000 and he says maybe up to 5,000 mosques from, from you know virtually no mosques in the United States. This is an organized effort. I mean, we can see it's happening. And I'm just and, and, proposing. And, and for your information, we cannot make our church in any Saudi Arabia. We cannot yeah. make it in Qatar. We cannot make it in Yemen. We cannot make it in any part of Africa as well. I mean, Nigeria has a problem too, civil war between Christians and Muslims. I mean, I mean uh, you know, it's insanity. And, but and why they use our laws of constitution of Europe, constitution of North America, and then they use it against us. That's the problem. Go ahead. Well, Chris. and you're saying that so all those countries you mentioned, if you went and tried to build a Christian church, they'd probably arrest you, right? No, no. There is no Christian church over there. There is nothing. And, and if you want to make a Christian, say, church in Saudi Arabia, they will, I mean, there is no, there is no way, Jose. There is no law allowed to make a church in Saudi Arabia or Yemen or in, in yeah. many parts of Africa, many parts of the Middle East. But if you, if you started building a Christian church, they would arrest you, right, in Saudi Arabia? Not arrest you. Bye-bye. They kill you. That's true. Bye-bye. Yeah. Okay, Adios. so I'm just saying we can see these things are happening. Uh, somebody is organizing it. It's not just happening by chance that all these people leave their homeland and come here, and, have, and when they get here, they have a place to stay and a job or a job or a job. That's not happening by accident any more than you and I could fly into Thailand tonight, and we would be, you know, if you, unless you had a lot of money, which most of these people don't, uh, you could then rent a hotel room or something. But if you had no money, when you when we hit Thailand, we'd have to have somebody show us where to stay and, and where to get our welfare check or where to get a job, or else we would be out on the street homeless, and you don't see that happening. Now, I could see the corporate global governance people that have ties and connections with the big money institutions manipulating CPAC and our, con- our uh, Congress for that purpose, because they... I said that on the last show that I felt that they were wanting to make that it didn't matter who won, whether it be Hillary or not, they were going to make sure that there was enough upset people to create, you know, riots or protests in the streets so they could send in the UN under um, martial law to manipulate us. That makes sense because they're big money manipulators wanting corporate global governance. And uh, that uh, is the fault of the NWO, New World Order. I mean, we have so many New World Orders that everybody are confused right now. I mean, we have a, we have a Muslim <laughs> New World Order. We have, uh, I mean, anybody you can imagine, yeah, is on, says my New World Order is going to solve the problems of all the world. You now, see, is every, that's the problem. Is, is Robert? Is everybody on the call? While we, you know, we don't know for sure what's going to happen. Is everyone on the call glad that Trump got in, or is there any, somebody on the call that doesn't is not too glad? 
Well, I'd say we are for the most part. John John's apprehensive <laughs> about it. Uh, John don't think well, that they're going to, you know, go, go ahead. As far as, no, as I, far as, I think there's, I think that I can understand people being apprehensive. No, Jim, I just, I just was um, a never Hillary, but I was looking for a third party or somebody better than Trump because I know Daryl Castle is better than Trump. Unfortunately, I chose to jump behind all of the rest of you guys that were on the Trump bandwagon because I definitely wanted to make sure Hillary was not put in. Otherwise, yeah, I, I would have kept, no, yeah. kept, and, and I, I also didn't want the blood of innocent children from abortions on my hands, because if I threw my vote to a third-party person, and then Hillary did get elected, then those, I basically was playing, you know, heavenly-minded and no earthly good. Right, I understand. And, of course, the, the, the Daryl Castle got no publicity whatsoever, which made it difficult for him to No, he, he got none. I mean, Gary Johnson and Jill Stein of the third parties got got more. It was, it was kind of like that. In uh, 2012, too, Virgil Goode, he didn't really get a lot of uh, right. publicity either. Right. Well, it's because so they're really strong means... conservatives. <laughs> I mean, I mean yeah. another thing, I mean, they cover themselves. I mean, it's like a black bird. I mean, what the f- f is that? I mean, come on, in the 21st century, I mean, you want to live in the uh, first century? I mean, what the hell is that? And then we don't know. I mean, they go get a driver license or national ID card from UK and Europe and etc. I mean, we don't know that. We do, when we look at them, we don't know if it's a man underneath or is a woman is underneath. I mean, these are all security problems for the whole globe today. I mean, France took action. No, no, I am. I'm and on, France, I, I, I'm going to have my my big computer's frozen up. I'm going to have to force shut it down because they put those damn updates on it last night. So I'm going to call you on my desktop couch potato Skype, okay? Um, I mean on my my couch potato Skype. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. Hey Robert. What's the topic? Excuse me. I I have to go. I'm going to put the phone down, but so I don't get cut okay. off. I'm not going to cut, cut off. I'll be back in a few minutes, but I just wanted to let you know I have to leave the phone for a few minutes, but I'll keep dialed in because in 10 minutes or whatever it is, in 20 minutes, you can't call Yeah, you want to be able to call in. Do, do you want me to mute your mic and then you text me when you're ready to come in? Text you? Yeah, I, you, can mute, yeah you can mute my mic. Now, can I hit one when I come back in or that won't help? Oh, you could try that. Um, okay. You okay. Might, or, 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 or just text me from the cell phone and let me know. I think if you, I think if you, I think I'm going to put it so you won't be able to hear me. I'm going to put something over the phone. So if you hear me, mute my mic. Oh, if okay. not, you can just let it let it be as is. Okay. Okay. Right. Sounds good. You might not have to. You might not Thank have to you. mute me. Okay. Yes. Well, we'll, 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 we'll keep it France, up. Yeah, France. And real quick, real, real, real quick, Raz. Sure. Real quick, because uh, we do have some folks in the chat. Uh, if you'd like to call in, just give us a call at three four seven. Nine four five seven four two eight. I see one of the folks uh, in the chat is a uh, heat tanker. Uh, just to let you know, for those who are new uh, to the show, if you do not call in within the next 12 minutes, uh, the show is going to go on until what we call our extended period. 
whereas that will be part of the free podcast that you can get on iTunes or download here from Blog Talk Radio. Uh, or you can give us a call and you'll be able to listen as well as chime in. But if not, unfortunately, at the stroke of the next hour, uh, which is in about 11 minutes, you will not be able to hear the audio, nor would you be able to call in and be a part of the show. Uh, so for that, give us a call at 347-945-7428. If you want to hear the rest, if you're not able to, well, we do invite you to uh, come back and listen to that uh, missing portion that you missed tonight uh, on the podcast. As I said, you can either find here on Blog Talk Radio. You can also download to your mobile device for free on iTunes. Just search for Bard's Logic Political Talk, and then you can also access the archives through the show's website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com, where you can also check out the Bard's Logic newsroom, uh, where we have some interesting articles uh, there uh, for you as well, available for you on the Bard's Logic newsroom page at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. So, again, the number, and if you don't call back in about 11 minutes, uh, it's closer to 10 now at 347-945-7428. So let's go ahead and go ahead and I think I can still hear Jim in there. So let's go ahead and bring it back uh, to you, Rez, and then uh, we'll bring it back uh, around uh, the round table to Susan. Uh, we've got about ha- uh, about an hour left. Um, and one, of, one of the things I want to talk about is the possible uh, cabinet picks uh, for Trump. Uh, different positions for some of the people who were loyal to him. Uh, so we want to we, we get to that discussion. And then at some point, Rez, uh, my panelist, uh, Kelly here, uh, I'd like to put us uh, kind of behind the scenes going where I do my call screening, and he wants me to give you, uh, while we're not on the, the, the call here, uh, his contact information, his email, uh, so that you can email so you two can just get, uh, continue the discussion off air. So at some point uh, before the show ends, uh, I'll put us where we can, uh, I can give you that information, okay? Uh, okay, sounds good. But, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I, say something. Sure, I, I do. I do have a comment to tie into the uh, previous discussion tonight. Go ahead. Go ahead, sir. Go ahead. Well, go ahead. Well, you said, go ahead. Uh, yeah, when I was, uh, the thing, and you was talking about all these different things, how they're, they're trolling people and doing everything, but, and I was working at Heinz, and, you know, I thought that Warren Buffett, I thought that when he bought, when they bought into the company, they had the 3D capital. I thought they were just trying to make it more efficient and everything, but uh, they were about lining their own pockets with the money with these investors, so they got rid of a lot of people over at our office and over at the office back in Pittsburgh. Now, of course, they, in the meantime, they have, uh, have acquired uh, the Traps Food Company, so... But one thing they did too, they you know they went into negotiations that uh, the company pension was strong, so it was lucky when I worked there to get what we had, but it was kind of decreasing benefits for the workers. So they, like I said, they were lining their own pockets with the money. It was it's all about greed and everything. So that's a, another thing that's going on out there as well. I don't know if you, uh, if anything that like that is going on over Europe, but that's one thing that's happening at least and that was just you know, that small town of Ontario, about ten thousand people that happened to have one of the Heinz factories that that I got to experience something like that firsthand. 
And back to you, Roger. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, yes, yes. Uh, I was saying that in France, you know, they got a decision. You know, they're not, if if people want national ID card and, you know, et cetera, they need to uncover their face and they need to get the photos with that. And basically, you know, uh, in recent in Britannia, the murder of the popular imam was spread far and wide as another Islamophobic hate crime. But until his killer also found to be a Muslim. The Mirror uh, reported that the imam was targeted because he had made efforts to turn youngsters away from radical Islam. And according to the Detroit News also, a Muslim woman, Saida Chatti, was charged with making a false police report after she allegedly fabricated a plot to uh, destroy Dearborn Fort Stone High School to retaliate against uh, November uh, attacks in Paris. Police say Chatty called Dearborn investigators November 19, six days after Islamist extremists killed 130 people in Paris. So you see, I mean, we see everything, I mean, that we are not teaching hate at all. Again, I repeat that. You shall love your neighbor. You shall, you know, you cannot, again, accuse everybody. But, you know, is this thing is happening daily in, in Europe, from the Detroit, in Britannia. I mean, everywhere is happening. I mean, this is... Uh, right the crusades now, are still going on, I've been saying. Right, uh, exactly. Still, their plan is to take over the Europe, and because they uh, did not succeed, it. you remember it was like six, seven hundred years or even eight hundred years ago. They went, they went to the door to Spain, and that's why in Spain we have so much Islamic roots as well. But they were repealed back. So now they're coming to take over. And unfortunately, uh, you know, it's not possible because people of Europe are very educated. People of North America are very educated. And we are not going to let our country go into a drain. Go ahead, please. So let's go ahead. We do have Cindy on the line, and we're going to go ahead and bring Cindy in. And while Cindy's going, uh, we'll get her comments, and then I'm going to go ahead and uh, put me and you, uh, in a, you know, kind of behind the, the screen here, uh, uh, rest so that I could get you Kelly's uh, contact information. So let's go ahead and uh, thank you very much, Cindy, for calling to the show. How are you tonight? Howdy. How's everybody doing tonight? No, oh, I'm great. I tell you what, I'm so happy. I tell you what, I'm so optimistic, and and it's just you know unbelievable. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I I never really. I mean, it, and you know we've uh, supported it and, and everything else, but I never thought that we'd get to the to where we are today. Um, I I, I, I never did. I'm, I'm I'm I mean when that happened last night, I was like, oh my gosh, we, we did it. 
you know, um, and I really feel like, you know, we did it, you know, in, in part, you know, you know, all, all here on the show. I think we had, uh, you know, I definitely think we had some influences uh, back in 2012. I think we've uh, had some influences uh, back here in 2016. I think we're successful uh, in getting the word out, uh, you know, with, with Jim and with Kelly and, you know, some of us here, you know, tweeting, putting on Facebook, social media, uh, you know, just getting the word out. I think, uh I think that's great, and I think uh, we really did, you know, contribute to pushing back to the powers that be uh, so that they, uh, as Jim put it, let things stand and and have the American people uh, get our, you know, get our vote, and and they stood back. So I think they they knew we – they knew that we were watching them. They knew that we were, you know, observant of what they're doing and and knowing that, as he said, I mean, half of the country would – wouldn't accept that Hillary Clinton win, and we would just, you know, be using that to expose them more. Uh, but, Jenny, I'm going to go ahead and uh, bring, you, get, get, bring you to the floor to make some comments, and I'm going to go ahead and put myself on Rez back uh, behind the scenes here so we can get some uh, contact information, okay? Okie doke. Well, um, ahead, I think what – is there rain in somebody's background? Somebody have rain? <laughs> um, am I still on? Hello? Yes, you're on. Okay. Okay. Um, Well, I think what we had was another shot heard around the world. I think that um, we, um, I think we we took the the old North Bridge, and I think that um, the the constitutional massacre has finally woken people up, and I think that um we we just we just we can celebrate but we cannot sit back and coast because Donald Trump cannot do this by himself if it is not very clear that he has a mandate congress may not do anything of what he wants or maybe they will water down what he wants or maybe they will give him only part of what he wants and so we as the people must stay vigilant and we must stay on top of our representatives up there in Congress and tell them that we sent him there to do the things that he said, that list of things he said he was going to do. We sent him there to do it. And if they don't work with him and do it, we're going to get somebody who will work with him. So, um, you know, we need to be writing our congressmen still. Um, and you know what? They still... Um, We'll open up a letter and read it and get it on the congressman's desk before they'll get an email on your desk. There's tons of emails coming in constantly. But if you write a letter, it always has more of an impact. So, um, <clears throat> or make a phone call. Sometimes that works. But um, you gotta you got to uh, keep on them and make them do what they said they're going to do. Otherwise, all of Trump's good intentions uh, will fall flat. Now, he's pretty good at deal-making, and I think he's pretty good at uh, trying to get people to do what he wants them to do. Um, But I kind of have a little bit, and I'm like John, I have a little bit of a worry about whether he might start doing some compromising and um, so that's a little bit concerning with me. Now, 
there's a man on the phone here from London, and I don't know his name because I my I I've been having technical difficulties all night, and I missed most of what he said. But what what is your name, sir? Dot com. Okay, well let's go okay. ahead and uh, get us no, back in. No, wait, wait, wait. My have I been on? You're on. You're on, Cindy. Yeah, you've been okay. on. All right. Well, the guy from London, what is his name? Uh, Robert Paul. Rez, oh, we've, got, we've got him back on. Well, I, well, I went uh, behind the scenes because Kelly wanted me to give him some uh, – like Ke- Kelly wanted me to give him some uh, contact information, and we, we weren't going to do that, you know, on air. So, we, we, we you know, kind of, where, where I do my call screening, because you can't hear me when I do my call screening. And so I've given Rez uh, the contact information. We do have Rez back on the line with us. Okay, so Rez is his name. Yeah. All right. That's, yes, 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 well, yes, Cindy. So please go okay. ahead and tell us about uh, uh, what's your opinion about everything uh, from the uh, Donald Trump winning. And please tell to your listeners, you know, uh, are you happy? Are you sad? Are you middle? What's your position, please? Go ahead. I'm hopeful is what I am. I'm happy. I'm ecstatic that Hillary did not win. I am hopeful that Donald Trump is going to be able to do what he said he was going to do. Uh, like I said a little while ago, I'm I'm only worried about whether Congress will, will give him what he wants because it is, Congress is still being uh, led by elitist um Statist Republicans, and if they don't guide the um, the agenda towards Trump's agenda, uh, we're going to have some big troubles, and and that's why we have to stay vigilant, and we must keep in contact with our congressmen, and we need to tell them that we want them to work with Donald Trump and and um, and to get this agenda uh, taken care of. I mean, right now. First four years, he's got to have it done by the time the next election comes up. Um, <clears throat> now, you mentioned earlier, Rez, um, that Europe has pretty much basically gone to the Muslims already. It's, it's lost its constitution. It's, um, they, they seem to be getting whatever they want. And, and you said that they had like three um, plans, plan one, plan two, and plan three, and the last plan that you mentioned was that uh, they could always start a world war. And um, Robert kind of poo-pooed that. But you see here, Rez, on this show, I am the resident conspiracy theorist. And <laughs> I, believe that the, I believe that they will go to any length to uh, bring about the, the one world order. And that's one reason that they're allowing the... Yeah, World War III thing would destroy everything, so I don't see where anybody wins in that one. Go ahead. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Um, they they have their, you know, you don't need to do the kind of World War that you're imagining in your head in order to get done what they want to get done. Um, they only have to stir up enough unrest to... Um, uh, it's kill off a lot of population because that's the first thing they want to do is get rid of a whole lot of population. They cannot control as much population as they have. 
And number two, they have to get, they have to destroy the sovereignty of the nation. And they didn't quite get it done with uh, the UN after um, the world, other world wars, NATO or the, the UN. And so now they've got, they need another world war in order to get to finish that job. Whether it's the Jews or not behind the Muslims coming to our country, I couldn't say because it seems like a little bit of a, um, it seems like that wouldn't help them out too much to um, to plant Muslims in the only country that ever helps them. I, I just don't know if that computes. <laughs> um, but but surely Europeans know what's going on. They can see things ahead of time because they were there during the first two world wars and they know how people lived in... Can you guys hear me? I'm having all kinds of static on the phone. No, if you hear you... Yeah, I'm, 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 we're hearing you and the static. That's <laughs> okay. NSA, Bob. <laughs> okay, all right. Good old NSA. He doesn't like it. They're probably... That's why I'm having te- technical difficulties all night, I'm sure. They think they... They don't want us to be celebrating, I guess. Anyway, the people who lived at the time of the uh, research, the surgeons of the the Nazis were kind of living in denial about who Hitler was and what he was doing, and um, I think maybe what Rez is talking about it could be real, and we can't poo-poo it like they did back in the days before the World War II, because uh, then you get in trouble. You cannot wear blinders. You've got to. You've got to live your life with your eyes open, and you've got to listen to all the information. You've got to listen to people who are close to the situation, which you can't get too much closer to the situation than the Europeans are right now. They're feeling the full brunt of this program to, um, to infiltrate the Western world with Muslims. And... And I know you're thinking, well, the, the New World Order, why would they want to, you you know, they don't like that, they don't want any kind of, any kind of religion involved in the New World Order. They don't, they don't like Muslims or Christians or anybody else uh, that has a religion. So it makes you think, why would they want to start a world war uh, or, or cause a world war through the Muslims um, <clears throat> and basically the the answer is, uh, Robert, in what you kind of said, that uh, we would all just annihilate each other if we started a nuclear war. But if we started a war with Muslims um, in the in the backwards way that they they the, the non technical ways that they fight. Um, that could very well be done, and you can stir up a lot of trouble using Muslims that would not necessarily start a world war. So, um, I mean, we've seen that all over the world. So I can definitely see how, um, you know, some things like that could happen. You know, Jim was saying that it, that the, the Jewish um, lobby is the, the strongest lobby in Washington, 
and but again, I I just don't know because it seems like Bibi Netanyahu. Um, I don't know. He seems like he 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 wants to be tough against the, the Muslims. He doesn't want us to just you know, bend yeah, over backwards. It seems, yeah, and, and, and some, a point that I think yourself and John made, and I'm going to play an audio clip here, uh, you know, bringing things back for, you know, for our show tonight, uh, you know, with uh, Newt Gingrich on Sean Hannity today about the, you know, about the events of, of course, uh, Trump winning. Is I, I do think it's counterintuitive, and I said, I believe you and self and John, and we are going to have the mics open, of course, as we usually do during the audio clips. So let's keep the noise there at a minimum. Uh, for, you know, Israel to do something that would, at least on the surface, look like it's going to be against their own self-interest. I mean, that, that just doesn't that can't, you know, make sense to me either. But let's go ahead and bring things back around because, unfortunately, we have less than an hour. Uh, and I know, you know, because of the organic nature of the show, you know, we, we, we can't go off on tangents. And this definitely is a topic we can have an entire show, probably a series of shows on. And perhaps uh, we'll do that because I know uh, Kelly wants us to get some information to Res, and perhaps that could be, you know, a whole new separate show. We'll definitely be taking, you know, now that the election's over, we'll be taking some different differing directions, uh, you know, on, on what topics we're going to be covering now. Uh, now, of course, from now until uh, January 20th, I, you know, I want to talk about cabinets and what, what Trump's going to do. And I think you can start with that. Whoever's got static, please uh, mute your mic because I'm, I'm hearing that. That might be from you, Cindy. Let me check something. Yeah, unfortunately, Cindy, it does at this point sound like that that's where the, the static's coming from. Uh, I will, you know, don't hang up, now, but I will mute the mic until we uh, bring it back in. Uh, and if I hear static elsewhere, I'll have to, you know, mute that too. But let's go ahead and hear. Uh, hopefully we got some good uh, audio here. looks like uh, there's some technical stuff going on. Who knows? As I said, maybe it is our, our friend NSA Bob. Uh, but let's go ahead and uh, do this audio, and, and we'll make comment from there. I'm doing great, and last night was just uh, unbelievable because we found ourselves staying up to four in the morning, and it was just, uh, you know, towards the end there when they would bounce back and forth from, let's look at, let's look at uh, Wisconsin, let's look at Michigan, let's look at Pennsylvania, let's look at New Hampshire, then they go back and start over again. Uh, it was really a remarkable experience uh, to watch the rural votes come in and the small town votes come in. Uh, and the sheer turnout in those communities uh, defeating the big cities, which is what really happened. Detroit uh, lost in Michigan, Philadelphia lost in Pennsylvania, uh, Milwaukee lost in Wisconsin, and you had uh, really quite an election night, uh, something you and I had dreamed of and thought was possible. Uh, but Donald Trump deserves a lot of credit because he had the courage to go everywhere, uh, to campaign three or four times as many places as Hillary, uh, and it paid off speech was as gracious and as inclusive and as positive as you could have hoped for, and I hope that it sets the right tone. And I must say, I think that Hillary responded in kind this morning and that President Obama responded in kind. So uh, we may be moving towards a, a, a transition now, that will be as exciting as the campaign. The, the more cynical side of me remembers Republicans, they can get on board, but they're in the back of the bus. I, I just kind of remember that, too. But I'll be gracious today, Mr. Speaker. Um, is this really, though, about the forgotten man? And, and I mean, my biggest criticism, and, and I think this was showing up very early in this process, in all the primary polls where 65 around percent of Republicans felt betrayed by their party. And to me, there 
maybe one of the first things they need to do is implement term limits so these guys are not so driven by their desire to hang on to power and, and maybe they'll be more inclined to be public servants and, and serve their constituencies and do the right thing. And, and sometimes doing the right thing may mean putting your own career in jeopardy and, and using your enumerated constitutional power of the purse, one of my biggest criticisms of Republicans. Um, what do you think, what do we need to do here? Where do we need to go from here? And how do you interpret all of this? Because you're the great historian. Well, well I, I was uh, explaining to a group of uh, rural cooperatives uh, in uh, Charleston this morning, people who represent 40 million rural constituents and who were one of the bases of uh, Trump's victory. Um, and we were talking about this, this sort of extraordinary moment in American history. It's the, it's the third one I participated in. The first was Reagan in 80, and the second was the uh, contract in 94. And I think what, what Trump has to do next is figure out uh, the key things that will profoundly shift the system and focus on rallying the nation, explaining why they matter, and getting them done in the first state runs from next year. And I think uh, it's really important. Uh, Reagan had a knack of, of creating, uh, I used to talk about it as, Reagan understood that lions had done antelopes and zebras. He couldn't have zebras. They couldn't afford to hunt chimpanzees, I mean uh, chipmunks, because chipmunks were just playing too small. Mm -hmm. And uh, Reagan, Reagan had three big uh, antelopes. He had a renewal of the American economy, uh, rebuild the spirit of American civic culture, defeat the Soviet Empire. And he got up every morning and reminded himself, these are my three. Now Trump's got to figure out what are the changes so large it can't be small. The small changes get absorbed by Washington. The every change is so big that by the end of the first year, people go, you know, electing Donald Trump, giving the Republicans the House and the Senate was the right thing to do because this is different and my life is going to become better. It doesn't have to become better overnight. Well, it can't be fixed overnight. It's impossible. Right. But, but people have to have a sense that we're now moving in the right direction. And it's the direction of returning power to the American people returning opportunity to the American people, uh, and, and creating an America in which government is the servant, government's not the dictator. Can I, can I give you my best shot at, at what he ought to do, what three of the big ideas ought to be combined? Sure. On, on the economy, it's the repatriation of trillions at a low tax rate, maybe even a lower tax rate if you're willing to build your factory in Michigan, Wisconsin, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. And I'm not saying that for electoral votes, because those are the people who have suffered the most by, and have lost so many millions of jobs. Next thing, maybe, and that would include, as part of the economy, the three tax brackets, the lowest tax, uh, corporate tax rate in the world, or one of the lowest, the 15%, that would include energy jobs and uh, a goal of energy independence in four years. And that would include Obamacare and eliminating it and replacing it with health savings accounts. That would be the economic shift. And, and then I, I think we have to have a secure the country shift. And that would include going forward, building the wall. That would include, you know, safe zones in Syria rather than increasing refugees that we can't possibly vet. And, you know, certainly another thing that I think would be profound is uh, education and, and certainly building up our military. Well, I think I think you're moving in the right direction. I think you can put those. Oh, wait, you, you notice now you're talking to me like my older brother again. Here it is. He's, now you're back to now you're back to where you were during the campaign. We were getting along so well today. Well, what, what should I have said? Oh gosh, Sean, you're so smart. It is such an honor to be allowed to speak with you. <laughs> I am really grateful for this opportunity. <laughs> would that have made you feel better? Probably, yeah. It would have made me feel a lot better. This <laughs> <laughs> is this is. I just want to say the whole audience. This is a great day to celebrate, uh, you know, 
Sean and I have worked a long time on this. We believe deeply, passionately about getting this country back on track. And this is a, this is a wonderful day to celebrate the American system and the American experience and the fact that the entire establishment, this was like Brexit, but the entire establishment on the other side, now with the news media totally on the other side, with a billion-dollar campaign on the other side, and with the incumbent president of the United States on the other side, the American people won. And I think that's, and Trump was very good last night about saying that, that it wasn't just about him winning. It was the American people who had won, and in winning they have created a movement that will, in fact, have a real opportunity to fundamentally change Washington. It really is so necessary. You know, when I, you know, that is the relief to me. I mean, so many people are writing me and they're so happy. And and I don't know why. My, I never let my brain sort of go in that direction. I'm just thinking, all right, good. Now we got a chance. Let's roll up our sleeves and try and fix it. But it's just the way my mind works. I want to I want to get to work. I want these things to get going. I want people to, I want to put the, the rungs back in the ladder so people could start climbing up again and hope an opportunity to return. And you know, one of the things I was thinking going forward, I, I loved, and I think this was underplayed by the media for sure, I loved Trump's new New Deal for black America, where, you know, we're not going to sit back and watch 4,000 more people get killed in Chicago in the next eight years. We're not going to watch 3,000 more get shot like they have so far this year. And that, this, you know, if you just have security and good policing and a commitment to really fixing a broken, dilapidated educational system and removing bad elements and guns and drugs in communities, and you show that the Republican Party is, is not just going to ask for your vote four years, they, they're going to follow through and make things better. What an opportunity this would be to shift the demographics in this country once and for all as they should be. Well, and it's a great chance to have Americans work for a better future and move in that direction. You were saying earlier about the bringing home, repatriating the money overseas. One of the places is to create what Jack Hemp used to talk about, that's enterprise zones, to take the poorest neighborhoods in, in our biggest cities and turn them into great opportunities to start small businesses. If you combine it with physical safety and you combine it with education reform, you could actually have a boom in a place like Detroit or a place like Baltimore. But... Uh, the old power structure, the old bureaucracy, the old unions would be the losers in that setting, and that's that's a fight we have to wage. That that we want to give everyone a chance at a better future, not have people basically exploited by a handful of big institutions. What do you think for yourself? I mean, you have been an advisor to Mr. Trump or President-elect Trump now for a long time and throughout this process. I know you spoke with him often. Um, would you consider a role in his administration? Well, I, I would like to be sort of the senior planner trying to think through how we fundamentally, uh, at the most basic levels, restructure the federal government. I think I don't think it's possible to do one of the major jobs you know, running one of the departments, uh, and think strategically. I think that the, the sheer weight of daily decision-making, daily crises, the news media, the Congress, the White House staff, that is, those are such extraordinary, absorbing jobs that I think uh, we've never had somebody who, who had the opportunity to simply lay out very large-scale change and then try to move it, whether it's the Veterans Administration or it's rethinking national security or, or as you point out, I mean, rethinking an integrated approach to the big cities. I mean, we have, we have all these different programs scattered through the whole federal government. They're not coordinated. They don't work very well. They're very duplicative. They have way too much bureaucracy. Uh, but you're not going to fix those, you know, one small thing at a time. So what I did both for Reagan and then what I did as Speaker of the House was try to figure out very large projects like welfare reform, 
like uh, balancing the federal budget. I mean, those are big enough projects. If you get, you cannot afford to get sucked down into small projects, or you you will not get anything done. I think that's really important too, and I think you know you're right. There's a there's a time limit here. The honeymoon's going to be over very quick. The, those that have fought against Trump. The Republican establishment, Democratic establishment, media establishment, globalist establishment, they are all going to be after him as of tomorrow. So he's going to have a short window where he can really get profound changes in place, and I'd like to see that happen quickly. I think that's right. And of course, it's going to be a very exciting day tomorrow for those of us who have supported this movement to actually see him at the White House as the next president. That's a pretty remarkable moment. All right, Mr. Speaker, listen, we can't thank you enough for your insight. You were out on the limb there with us, and there were people that had written, uh, Hannity, Gingrich, Drudge, biggest losers of the election. They would have been after all of us. And uh, yeah. you know what? But it was never about us, was it? It was about the American people getting jobs right. and getting our economy and fixing our country. So they never understood. All right, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. We'll see you tonight on Hannity. Also, Laura Ingram tonight and uh, Kellyanne Conway tonight. And, and my analysis tonight at the Hannity Big Board are sitting All right, folks. So uh, looks like that Susan, she had to go, so she bid us uh, our farewells for tonight. I'm sure she'll be with us next week. Uh, it looks like Rez uh, had to go. Hopefully, Kelly... Uh, he'll give you an email. Uh, I did give him uh, your address. Hopefully we hear from him. <laughs> it was fascinating hearing uh, from someone from London, England. Uh, and if you look back in our archives a long time ago, I uh, interviewed uh, a gentleman, uh, Gary Blonick, uh, who has his own philosophical perspective called experientialism. And we discussed uh, his books and his uh, theories on the show. We had a gentleman from excuse me, uh, London, England calling back then as well. Uh, so this will be the second time on Bard's Logic. Uh, we had someone calling from uh, that area. So that's pretty exciting uh, to hear. Uh, but he had to go, so hopefully Kelly. And if you would keep me posted on whether he called back, I would really appreciate that. And so let's go ahead and bring it back to you, Kelly, uh, for comments on that and bring in our discussion tonight. My gosh, there's another one of those shows I wish I had. Another hour or two to go because we only have, my gosh, not even another half an hour before I got to close things down. I've got so much more I want to talk about and do. Uh, but, you know, be that as it may. So we'll bring it over to you. And then uh, we're going to see if uh, we're going to go ahead and open uh, Cindy's mic after that and then bring it back in, John. And then I have not heard back from uh, Jim. So let's, let's real quick, real, real quick first, though, Kelly, let's see if we got uh, Jim back with us. Let's go ahead and check that out. Uh, Jim, are you back with us now? Jim, I'd have to I'd have to say now. <clears throat> so he's still dealing uh, with whatever that he had to attend to. So let's go ahead and bring it back to you, Kelly. Well, I have something interesting to tell you. This is news from California. Um, I voted for a Democrat for the United States Senate. I voted for a Green Party have... guy for the United States Senate. So. <laughs> Yeah, well, you, you're not in California, and I looked at the ballot, you know, sample ballot. I'm like, what? What's going on here? It says United States Senate, Loretta L. Sanchez, party preference, Democrat, United States Congresswoman. Oh. Then I see Kamala D. Harris, uh, party preference, Democrat, Attorney General of California. Oh, okay. Where's the Republicans? Where's the Libertarians? What? 
wait, huh? We have two Democrats running against each other. Wait, no, 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 wait. In the general election? What's, what? Why? That was my first response. I made some calls and uh, back to the, well, who knows, maybe maybe they're actually good people, don't know. So I ended up voting for uh, Harris, which I hardly knew. Talked to a lady friend. But um, California has had a big change. A big change in how they elect United States senators. Um, you got your primary, of course, on June seventh, and you had Republicans running for United States Senate, and you had Democrats running for United States Senate. Whoever got the most votes has a runoff. That's how it worked in the general election. So, in other words, if you had two Republicans that had uh, well, first and second place in the primary, and then Democrats three and four. Guess what? You'd have two Republicans on the ballot. Now, isn't that interesting? It's kind of a preferential voting where the top two contenders uh, of all parties uh, run in the general election. And it's just really interesting uh, scenario. I wonder if other states are going to go to that. So, anyway, I hope Cindy is Cindy still on the line. Uh, yes, she is. Let's go ahead and see about uh, opening up her uh, mic. And you might find this interesting, Cindy. Um, I was looking at the Bard's Logic Newsroom, and we've got a article here uh, under World. It says, Karen Schoen. This is it, folks, America's Last Stand. And it was shared by Gerald Tink Reister at newswithviews.com. And that you can find that article uh, on the Bard's Logic Political Talk newsroom at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. So you, we've had uh, Karen on our show a couple of times, uh, so now you can also uh, see that article from our newsroom. So let's go ahead and bring it over to you, Cindy. Oh, I think I pretty much said my piece last time I spoke. Oh, well, I, well, I want to know what's going on in Florida with election fraud. We won't know that until we find out what Donald Trump is going to do about his lawsuit down there in, in Broward County. Um, that could open up a whole big old can of worms. If we can prove that that woman was sitting there filling in ballots, and by the way, they're making such a big deal out of Hillary having a hundred and something thousand more votes of the popular vote than than um, Trump. And the thing is, oh, yeah. she probably she probably has about five hundred thousand votes out there that are totally fraudulent. And and I think that's a conservative <laughs> yeah. number. I think that's well, a conservative number. But yeah, she, well, well she Cindy, went. I wanted to direct you to uh, we have a voter complaint online survey mm-hmm. that you can share with your friends in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, it's called Report Voting Problems. It's on Facebook, Report Voting Problems. There's also um, you can get the survey from uh, the website watchthevoteusa.com. And if you read the first page, the intro, before you start taking the survey, um, you're going to see some really serious problems and how we've summarized it. What we did is, um, well, watch the vote. We, we teamed up with uh, Election Justice. Election Justice were mostly burning in 2012, 
lots of vote was mostly helping Ron Paul folk. And that's where we, you know, wherever the election fraud goes, that's kind of where we go to look for people who want to volunteer and help. And so we have taken and, and fresh and new, we just published it, uh, well, kind of on Monday, but also on Tuesday. We had weird, weird stuff going on in the background. But um, you can see the survey, um, the information on the first page. And then you can go into, um, you can even, if you don't have a problem, you can take uh, a survey of whether you trust the system or not. And that, mm-hmm. uh, we get to our state legislators to say get rid of these machines. And I'm going to be repetitive for Monday night's special show. Um, we have in California a vote counting software. For example, I got the contract in my county, $120,000 a year, which means it costs 5 bucks for every vote to get scanned. And we also found out um, that uh, the software is proprietary. It's right in the contract. Went to get another. That was Dominion. They're the vote counting software. ESNS um, is the vote voter registration database software. Voter registration database different from vote counting. Okay, we couldn't get the contract. It's proprietary, says my says you like clerk. Well, that's what the state is using. Um, it's called VoteCal. And so I call up this office, Office of LVSTA. It's part of the uh, Secretary of State. I'm, I'm going to get to a, a big point here soon. Okay, so OVSTA, Office of Voting System Testing uh, Assistance, and they, or assessment, sorry, Office of Voting System Testing Assessment. And they go through the vote counting, I said vote counting, uh, software line by line, takes about a year. The copies come from the Secretary of State's office by courier. Um, to the counties, and it's got a chain of custody. It's probably the best in the nation. Deborah Bowen helped with that in 2007. She just certified all these jokers and made them go through all this arduous process. So there's certain assurances of security in California other states may not have. That's the vote counting software. I talked to a gentleman there. Well, can you tell me who has done the same process with the voter registration database? Oh, that's not our focus. Are you not the OVSDA? Yes, that's not our focus. Okay, do you know of another department under the Secretary of State's office that's going through this voter registration database software? Oh, uh, I had to get back to you on that. That was last week. Called him up Friday to follow up. He said, look, I told you, I haven't had time to look for this. Well, who is watching over the – oh, that's right. You just stripped the voters off the roster as their vote is getting counted. And guess what? You bring them back on a few days after their vote has been counted. They didn't know their vote was never counted. We had declarations of people having this happen to them. So, of course, we're telling people, as I said last Wednesday, check your registration every day, you know, election day and thereafter. So we have that advisement and how to do that online on that survey slash declaration. And Uh so I'd encourage you to to share that with your friends in Florida and See what um, I'm, I'm sure we've already got. Well, we actually have from our Facebook page. We're already getting complaints, but it's one of the most clandestine, sneaky things I've ever seen. You just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, person goes. Agree. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I agree. I agree. I'm, I'm, it is totally clandestine. Yeah. Yeah, and it's very frustrating that they can't even refer me to somebody else. In the Secretary yeah. of State's office, it's on this project. Well, why aren't you looking at the code? And they come on. Well, 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 yeah, well uh, what department? Well, I, I don't know. Seriously? And, and Kelly, 
Kelly, you know the Constitution as well as anybody. It, it guarantees us a fair and equitable uh, uh, election. Are we getting that? No. Um, maybe the same results, but the um, – well, for Trump at least. But, you know, other races, I wonder if that's why third parties have never been able to get anywhere. Um, when you have an approval rating so low, et cetera, et cetera. But then you have um, a Supreme Court case, I can't remember which one it is, that you have the right to know your vote was counted accurately. The right to know your vote was counted accurately. Well, how do you do right. that? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, so I'm supposed to just believe the Secretary of State? Come on, guys. Well, so, well speaking of Secretary of you know, State, let's go ahead and, and, and start this conversation. Uh, and I haven't heard. Uh, Back from Jib yet, but uh, we'll uh, definitely give me a you know shoot me a text. Let me know when he's he's ready to come in back in. Uh, so who do you think? Uh, you know, there's some talk, of course, about you know now who's going to be in Trump's cab- uh, cabinet, and you know there are some been some names uh, fired around now. You know through that audio clip, and I still see here's some background noise. Let's hope we can get rid of that. Uh, but anyway. Uh, you know we heard about what Newt Gingrich said he'd like to do. Now I think that. You know, while he would, you know, maybe play a part, and then we'll play an audio clip from Newt. Uh, he's talking about big, uh, big projects. I know a big project uh, that I'd like to have them work on, and uh, so I'll play a, a quick audio for that in a few minutes. Uh, but some are, you know, you know, saying, okay, who would be his pick? One thing I'm going to be trying to work on uh, this weekend is the uh, Bard's, you know, the Bard's logic uh, picks. At least myself. I mean, if, if anyone on the panel here. Uh, wants to send me emails on who they think would be a good idea uh, for different cabinet positions, you know, send me information. And, and what I'd like to be able to do next Wednesday, you know, for next Wednesday is to, you know, to kind of have who our picks are and kind of tell us what, uh, you know, what their background is and, and, and why it would be or why we think they'd be a good choice for, you know, a certain cabinet uh, position. You know, I know uh, some that come to the top of the list, uh, for Secretary of State. Now, one of the people I'd like to see Secretary of State uh, would be uh, you know, Newt Gingrich. I think he'd do very well there. I know it's not quite what you know he was wanting to do, but uh, I think he'd be a, a great nut spot. Uh, I know some people brought up that uh, Jeff Sessions may be a good idea for that, uh, but, of course, they've also talked about perhaps uh, Sessions as either uh, the Attorney General, I think, or maybe even a Supreme Court Justice. Uh, for for sessions, uh, there's also been discussions for uh, the Attorney General being uh, Rudy Giuliani as a possible one. Uh, now both him and Chris Christie, uh, I believe even especially Rudy Giuliani, stated if they were the AG, they would go out uh, to prosecute Hillary Clinton. So that might be someone uh, for that. Uh, I heard a name. I can't remember who it was. Chief of Staff. I think Chief of Staff may also, as we discussed, Cindy, be a good spot for. Uh, would be a good spot for Gingrich. And, uh, and and going back to the AG, I think there was even talk maybe, as I say, Chris Christie being uh, the eternal gen, uh, Attorney General. But, of course, there's also a Secretary of the uh, uh, Interiors, you know, Agricultural Secretary. You know, there's also, um, you know, Defense Secretary. I, I think uh, I'm trying to think of whose name was brought out. I think actually even um, Sessions again. Uh, was possibly a, a person for uh, defense. Uh, some people are thinking maybe, um, oh, my gosh, I'm having a, a brain freeze. Uh, who would be the 
either a Secretary of State or, or Defense and uh, Bolton, Eric Bolton or uh, oh, Bolton, I think his name is, was was was, was thrown around Bolton. for some of those positions. The Kelly John, like you got or, John, John Bolton. Bolton. That's it. Some some are talked about him about either uh, the Defense Secretary or Homeland Security Secretary. Uh, now they didn't really mention much about the EPA. Uh, they, um, you know, there, there was talk about him maybe getting rid of it. Now, you know how I, you know how I am, and so I mean, I really would not, to be honest, like to see the uh, EPA go away. I like to see it be reformed, uh, not necessarily go away. I like Gingrich's idea when he was running in 2012 when he was talking about you know an environmental solutions agency uh, instead. Uh, you know, the Environmental Protection Agency, I mean, I still think you can keep it the same name and still do what his ideas are. But I thought perhaps even for that, and, and she may not meet, make the top of my list, but I think that, you know, in part, Donald Trump has a little, uh, should put out a thank you to, believe it or not, Jill Stein. I mean, just some of the things that, uh, you know, that she said about Hillary Clinton I mean, even when he said she she thought Hillary Clinton would be more likely to start a World War III, we had that topic, uh, she would be more likely to start World War III than Donald Trump would. And I also, while I was doing my exit exit poll last night, uh, talked to a girl who was leaning towards Jill Stein. Uh, but unfortunately for third parties, as that goes, um, you know, the chances of them you know, winning at least the presidency is slimmer. So although she was leaning towards uh, Jill Stein, she decided to go ahead and put her uh, her vote to Donald Trump. And, you know, so that was just one, you know, one precinct where you had someone who was leaning uh, Jill Stein voting for Donald Trump. So I, I, I imagine because of what Jill Stein has said about Hillary Clinton, very well may have, you know, gotten some votes that, you know, we're like, you know what, uh, babe, I'd like to vote for Joel Stein. I mean, you know I was kind of, you know, one of them. But i, I got to go with Trump because I, I can't imagine Hillary Clinton. And these are actually her words as well as, you know, I can't imagine Hillary Clinton being president. <laughs> so she voted for Trump. And I think that happened, you know, in, in, in a lot of times uh, this election. So I think that, you know, maybe he could get a spot for Jill Stein in some administration, perhaps as, you know, now I don't know what her you know, scientific background is. And, and if you would even need one of those, really, uh, to be that type, you know, that person of the, on the cabinet, uh, you know, because of, you know, all the staffers and, and stuff one would have. Uh, but who knows, maybe Jill Stein would be a candidate uh, to be, you know, the head of the EPA. I mean, maybe that would be something. Cause I do think Trump has, uh, you know, maybe give some thanks of some, some way to her. Because I, I do think that he did get some Jill Stein votes. I mean, I know of one in particular that I know two of them. Actually, I know two people, my, myself included, uh, that would have otherwise gone for Jill Stein, but uh, ended up going to uh, the Trump. And so, yeah, you know, you know Robert, we're definitely uh, going to have that conversation next week. Yeah, I'll throw this. I'll throw this out to you. Uh, there's probably a number of appointees or department heads. You got, uh, you know, of course it. Secretary of the Treasury, you have the Federal Reserve, which I don't know if they have to resign first. You've got uh, Energy Department. You've got uh, Postmaster General, of course, Attorney General, um, the Department of Redundancy Department. 
Um, you've got uh, the Joint Chiefs of Staff. You have um, the Department of Redundancy Department, and uh, a few others. <laughs> you know, the big... okay, well, you the education department okay. is. Yeah, get rid of. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I can't got wait it. to see Donald Trump. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, by the way, I know about that depart that department because I was the head department head. All right. Anyway, um, so, all right. Um, there is. Um, I was going to get my thought out here. He's got an awful lot of people to a point. He's got a lot of big jobs to do. I can't wait for Trump to be Trump, and he just has a whole list of government employees, and he just lines them up, get, gets them in a big. Uh, uh, well, if I was Trump, I'd do it, but you know, I'm not Trump. Whole bunch of people in a big room and say, "You all, you're fired." And then this department, that department, you're fired. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, clean house. Well, there's a rumor that a third of the government employees are going to quit. Um, I mean, if he gets elected, so that, that's going to be interesting. Um, and oh, by the way, I'll bet Ben Carson is in some position. Uh, because uh, oh yeah, Donald Ben Trump Carson, the the um, Health and Human Services. Oh okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll bet I'll bet Trump's going to appoint uh, Ben Carson because uh, Trump's racist. Oh wait, what? No, <laughs> it doesn't matter how much you prove to people you're not racist. I guess well, you sure, have to hate general. You know, that's another wife. thing for for him. That could be another thing for uh, actually. That's another possible position for uh, for him is the Surgeon General. Possibly for yeah, Surgeon General. For so, my yeah, gosh, uh, Kip, folks, could you believe it? We only got uh, yeah, we we only got 19 minutes for the show, and um, I'm going to try to check in with Jim real quick uh, and see if we were able to get him in. Uh, so let's see, Jim, are you back with us? Jim. You know, unfortunately, folks, it appears that Jim is not uh, back with us. I hope everything's okay. Um, and so, uh, let's see. I've got about, uh, well, let's see. Yeah, we still got about 13 minutes left. So let me go ahead and, as I alluded to earlier, is one of the things I think would be, in, in going back to Newt Gingrich, you know, a project, you said you got to do big projects. And I think a big project in – that I think if, if he does get the position that he wants a big uh, project that he came back to is, and you can Google this. Now, you know, he, he does make a little bit of a misstatement here in this audio clip I'm about to, to play, but, I mean, that's, it, it's the uh, the goal that, that I think is important uh, in mind, and this could be something, that, you know, I think would be awesome uh, to see, and, you know, in the hopefully not too distant future. Uh, that Gingrich is talking about, but here, here's a, a, a big bold. We know that, that Gingrich likes to do project, and maybe if he gets that position, this could be a project he works on. And you may or may not be familiar with this term, the Northwest Ordinance uh, for Space. Uh, you could Google that and find out more about it, which I'm going to do more of myself. But let's go ahead and hear this. And this was while he was running for president in 2012. At one point early in my career, I introduced the Northwest Ordinance for Space. And I said when we got, I think the number is 13,000. When we have 13,000 Americans living in the United States, petition to become a state. I wanted every young American to say to themselves, I could be one of those 13,000. 
and I will, as president, encourage the introduction of the Northwest Ordinance for Space to put a marker down. We will have the first permanent base on the moon, and it will be American. And that would be something I would love to hear Trump say uh, at a State of the Union address, you know, when they talk about what they want to do, and, and maybe at his uh, inaugurational speech, you know, and, you know, kind of like when Kenny was talking about going to the moon. I mean, I think that's one of the, the greatest accomplishments that this country has done. And we haven't done anything as I've been, you guys heard me pining for, you know, 40 years. Maybe with Trump uh, getting there, we can, uh, that can be one of the projects to make America great again. Of course, that can be a launching pad for us to say, look, you know, by, you know, give it four years. Say in 2000, we'll have, even if it's just a two man colony at this point, male, female, you know what I mean. A two-person or four-person, eight-person colony at this point, uh, can we do it, you know, in, in eight years? You know, like they usually do eight years, you know, because they, they, they'll be like, oh, we're working on this project. You should reelect me. You know how it goes. But if they say, you know, in eight years we have a, a colony on uh, the moon or, hey, in eight years we'll we'll have some, you know, we'll finally get, you know, a human you know, foot print on Mars or something like that. I mean, I think, you know, re- revitalizing, you know, the space program will really excite uh, Americans. I really do. And, uh, you know, kind of, I think they're they're sick of talking about, you know, the economy and wars and, you know, just all, all that kind of stuff. You know, we've been dealing with that for a, a decade, a little more than that, you know that. Uh, but, you know, something to uh, reinvigorate the American imagination. And I think that would uh, could be a huge part of, you know, his vision of making America great again. So what do you what, what do you think, Cindy? Well, let's go ahead and bring in the John. Sorry, let's go ahead and bring it back. Uh, let, let me go to you, John, first. To me, government is supposed to be about governance for all of we the people, not about banking and financing for special interest favored class groups. Otherwise, everybody's got their pet project they want the U.S. Treasury to fund. And so I, I really have a hard time funding those kind of issues. Uh, to me, stick to the streets and roads and stuff like that, and then pay for the operations of government. Uh, okay, <laughs> I, mean, I, I get that. I mean, I, I, I get that, John. But I mean, that's that's not opening not up the American imagination. But it's not constitutional. Under the Article One, Section Nine, and Ten, there's not supposed to be any favoritism. But that's what this you is, what? and then you're you're actually okay. Well, no, well let's. Well, 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 I I get that, John. But the the, the Constitution had no no idea that we would be having NASA and, and landing people on the moon. But the I mean, but uh, is that something that, that's not something that they, that people could get behind. So you think Guys. it's okay? For see, how can NASA be unconstitutional? It's guy, guys. Let me let me interject something here. It's not really a matter of whether it's constitutional or not, um, if, especially if uh, someone private gets there. But when the government goes to the moon, you've got to look at the benefit of um, our defense because the moon is out there and you can um, fire a rocket from the moon and hit the earth with it. So if we are the ones who control what goes on on the moon, then we can control what what happens from the moon 
and uh, instead of you know the communists or someone else, but <clears throat> they're about the only ones that want. Well, to We're not talking about militarizing space. I mean, I mean that's no, what Star Wars was about with Ronald Reagan. I don't, no, I don't mean that either. It's a matter of uh, defense. It's a matter of prevent prevention, because if you see Russia getting ready to go up there and start a colony on the moon, you have to know what they're going to build up there and the capability that they will have against us. So I think it's very important that we control what goes on the moon. As far as space travel and and setting up a, a colony, you know, for someone living there or something, I think that for that to happen, we're going to have to solve the mystery of uh, space travel at the speed of light, and we're going to have to go outside of our uh, solar system to another solar system um, because we don't uh, well at least to an, a star the nearest uh, stars to us could possibly have life on them because there could be a planet circling those stars that is very similar to ours and so basically you could now we've we've sent a rocket out there there is I mean a yeah a rocket well we sent a probe out there. There's a probe out there. Mm-hmm. I, I don't believe they have. I don't believe they have contact with it anymore. But they did get a probe outside of our solar system, and it's out there doing something. I don't know what, but it's out there doing something. So <laughs> right. basically, I mean, all you have to do is go the next step and figure out how to go out there um, and and survive for that long of a trip, and um, and you could possibly find. Uh, another planet that that would be habitable, but anyway, that's for private people. Well, and, 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 and let me bring and, and let me bring this up, and I'm just rushing it because unfortunately we're we're almost out of time. We might not even be able to get closing comments tonight. Uh, but the, you know, I mean, and I understand your point, John. You know, but and, and I, I just and, and let me put it this way: I don't think that, and even if we were to do. You know, government-private partnerships. I don't think that that is an essence. You know, that is um, an example of of you know favoritism or or um, industry picking. You know, the picking the winners and losers or anything of that nature. We're talking about something that I mean, you talk. I know you talk about roads and, and infrastructure, and I mean, if, if we do that, then let's let's just leave the infrastructure and things of that nature to the state. We don't, you know. I mean, because th- th- you do have you know national infrastructure that brings the country together in a physical way. Okay, we're bringing the co- the federal government is bringing the country together in a physical way through infrastructure such as electricity and pipelines and energy. What I'm saying. Is that you know if you if we're going to have the national government bringing the people together, this is something that it like it did in the late sixties, early seventies, and then back in the eighties with the space program and NASA with you know Ronald Reagan before you know we had Obama kill it. This is something that if we're talking about making America America great again, not Ohio, not Florida, not Pennsylvania. Not whatever, okay. Oh, America great again. We need something that everyone in America can get behind. That's what I'm saying. This is something that would be America. So if you happen to be a propulsion system, okay, and some money goes there, 
okay, then sure. Then if you want to make it so that they're not picking winners and losers, then you make sure that there's competition between the companies who get the government contracts. Because there's always going to be government contracts. I mean, you see, the mil- let's say use the military, for instance. Okay? The government contracts out to people who make the tanks, the planes, the, the boats, the bullets, everything. They, they contract that out. Now, the problems that can arise from that is, you know, you know, pay-to-play, you know, them picking who the companies are without there being any kind of competition. That's where the problem comes in. Those things can be addressed, certainly. But to say we're not going to we're not going to help federally fund or have a government-private partnership with the, the space program because we're afraid where the money's going to go. We, we you don't you could say that for roads. Well, we can't we can't build this pipeline going across the states because who are we going to contract? You know, to 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 build the pipes. Who are we going to contract to dig the holes? Who are we going to contract? You know. Uh, oh, we're going to another state. Now, I mean, so you have to have people contract or, or build a, an interstate highway or a national highway or whatever, okay? You're going to have to contract that out. I mean, the federal government is going to bring the Army Corps of Engineers in and say, okay, let's build this highway. You know, let, let, let's build this, you know, electric grid. That's not going to happen. They're going to contract that out. Same thing with things for the space program. They're going to have to contract that out. And then you just got to make sure that it's fair on who's going to be getting these federal funds in order to pay for that. And then this is something that say, you know what, I don't mind my tax dollars, you know, and we do this to the, rep- you know, the representatives that we, you know, we vote for. You know, I don't mind our tax dollars going to that. But if, if we said, well, unless, I mean, and let, let's all take a referendum, and I, I, I support referendums, but for every Every spend, it would be impossible. We would be so weighted down. And I hate that this is the the fact, but it is. I mean, we the people cannot vote for everything, every spending bill or everything our money goes to. I wish we could, but we'd be so weighted down. Me and you, John, we wouldn't be able to go to work in the morning. We'd be too busy to have to do research on, you know, should my money go towards paying for this? You know, I get that. But if, if we were to say, you know, everybody's got to agree on this, then nothing will ever get done. There's only certain enumerated powers, and that doesn't fall within the powers. You could set up a trust account and let everybody that sees it like you put their own money in that trust account to fund the, you know. Congress has the power of the purse, which is inside the enumeration powers in the United States Constitution. The You you know, I'm not nearly as much of an expert on the Constitution as uh, people we have on here. But the Congress does have the power of the purse, and if they if they create a bill that says, "Look, we are going to you know allocate funds, okay, we're going to allocate funds for this program that benefits the space program," as well within their constitutional powers to be able to do that. Now, uh, only what's enumerated within the Constitution, only those powers, just powers derived from the consent of the governed. And they, and we elect them, and then they if they pass a law that says you can you know this is where you're going to appropriate funds. That, I mean they are that that's part of the Congress. They you know they appropriate the funds collected by the taxes, and the enumerated power of the of the Congress is to do that. Is to is to appropriate monies from the taxes to pay for programs, and that's Not one of the things that they are able to do. Not for just well, any 
Well, you'll have to show you. You would have to show me that, John. And then we'll definitely have to have that discussion another time because I do say we only have five minutes left, uh, so we're going to have to uh, close things out. I don't even doubt if we even have uh, thirty seconds left uh, for even end, ending uh, comments, which you know I really like to do, but we. Uh, ran out of time, uh, unfortunately. But we will be next week. As I said, we'll want to talk about uh, next week the uh, possible cabinet members uh, for Trump. Also, maybe some other appointments, uh, maybe conversation on which departments he may or may not uh, look into uh, abolishing. I know there's been talk about a couple of them, uh, namely the Department of Education. Is that something that has been talked about? And they've been talked about it in the 2000s election, but since uh, Obama's gotten in, that hasn't happened. Will that happen now? Of course, in subsequent weeks, you know, we can have these discussions on, you know, what we're going to do money's for, because we, you know, if we want to make it, here's the thing, folks, if we want to make America great again, we've got to get things done. We've got to do things, not only, you know, to get rid of ISIS, we don't, we got to do things other than building bridges, building roads, building electric grids, we, I mean, that we, if we're going to be great again, if we're going to be that shining light on the hill, as Ronald Reagan put, we're going to need to do things that's going to excite the American people, ignite the American vision. If we're not going to be visionaries anymore, then we're not – let's be honest, we're not going to be great. And that's what this election, that's what the people wanted, okay, to make America great again. And in order to do that, we're going to have to find something other than, you know, what we've been doing for the past 40 years. But anyway, that being said, I am going to have to close out tonight, as I do every night, and that is with the song by Aubrey Ashburn. And you can hear more of uh, her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. So thanks once again, everyone. We'll see you next week. Take care and good night. Thank you.